Thanks, BK. Appreciate everybody. As he said, Chip will be out for a little bit, uh, maybe an hour or so, a little bit and some change because he's down there talking to Sark and the players after the, I guess it was a route, but, you know, it wasn't as sexy as we thought a 37 to 10 victory for the texas longhorns against rice welcome everybody to texas sports unfiltered i am zay collier this is chip and zay and who is joining me on his very first day working overtime on his first yeah but day. chip's the one really working though chip's the one really working you, you know what i'm yeah, saying uh, yeah let, let's give him <laughs> a little bit of credit how about okay look for one because I got a bag on my guy. Chip Brown, that's my dude, works hard. He's a legend, been in the game for a hot minute. He's been bringing on guests. That's like He has us going on Chip and Zay on Texas. He, let's be real. He was the first person with the C.J. Baxter news. Like He was hitting it like he had everybody laid out what yo, was going on. I, yo, he was, I, I just heard what was going down on the Capitol campus. I was like, can I talk about this on my show? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah man. Yo, he was texting pops and stuff, and if you've seen on Twitter, yeah, you've seen on Twitter and everything, CJ Baxter, he practiced today, so I guess the rib injury when he fell on that very nice run against Rice, you know, we didn't see him for the rest of the game. I thought he landed on his collarbone wax. Like, it looked like he landed right on his shoulder, and I was like, damn, bro. bro. Like I've, I've broken a, a rib bone, man. I did it snowboarding before, man. And regardless if it's, if it's a bruised clavicle or, or clavicle, if it's a, if it's bruised cartilage or a broken rib, it, regardless, man, it hurts. A bruise and a break is the same. It's well, I guess all pain subjective, but to me, man, a bruise or a break feels the same thing. It's that bad of a fucking pain that that's, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad for Baxter, regardless. So we'll see. Yeah. But Blue looked great in spell of him. Yeah, yeah, he did. By the way, you know your SS tricky ass should not be snowboarding and stuff, man. I see you out there trying to do tricks and kickflip and all kinds yeah, of yeah, I ripped Bert, man. I ripped the Bert. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you broke your rib because you were yeah, doing some stuff you probably weren't supposed to be doing. No, I actually, I did it. The funny thing is I did it on a flat surface. It's where you like slow down and chill and go on to the next kind of like circuit and the next kind of course. But I, my wife's going to get mad at me. I saw this snow bunny up there. And she, dude, oh, I kind of wow. broke my neck, man. And as I looked back, I paid for it. I paid for it. My wife even said, she goes, serves you right. Because as I looked back, I kind of lost my footing and everything. And I felt flat and smacked right down on my ribs, dude. And all I could do was just be embarrassed as that snow bunny snowboarded by me. That's it. Yo, man, you got to be on some serious Zion Williamson stuff because those women are fully covered. It's the snow. They ain't, what's, what are they showing? You can't even see their face. Dude, it's the imagination. You, <laughs> you know what's underneath. Yeah, like, all you got, it's probably just a little bit of bib overalls. That's it. And it's just coming down. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Well, free anyways. mountain air. Free mountain air. Hey, man. I knew having you on this show, we would be cutting up, man. You're my guy. We go way back. I owe you a lot in this business. You're one of the first to say, yo, man, I'm going to get you on my show because I don't know. You saw something in me. I don't know if Dude, that's for better or worse. Over, but, bro. Natural talent hey, took over. 
I love you, dog, and I love appreciate you, you. And thanks for joining me on Chip and Zay. And yeah, we got a breakdown. There's a lot going on. I probably, yeah, I got my fantasy football team. I drafted last night, so I, a little bit later, I want to you know break down since you're the Absolutely. fantasy football guru, with the Wagner Wire and stuff. I, I want to break down my team to see if you mess with it or not. And obviously, <laughs> it, it was a <laughs> yeah, and it was a big week of college football. Week one was crazy. The Big Twelve took a hit. Three teams took losses. We're definitely going to talk about that. But, yeah, it all starts with the Texas Longhorns, which this is a huge week, Wags. You got Alabama. Like, this is what everybody's been waiting on. I, you know, about this last game against Rice, I heard you and Rodney talk about it, which chaos theory, y'all are going to do a hell of a job. I love what y'all bring to Texas sports unfiltered, man. And it was a great first episode today. But, you know, something that y'all talked about, how can you not look ahead right. to this week now when you have Rice coming up? And Chip and I, we talked about it. He put it out on Horns 24-7 about the top nine position groups on this Texas roster and this Texas football team, and he ranked them from one to nine. And you know what number nine wags i'm sure you could guess for what we saw on saturday and who got beat up the most the offensive line line. the offensive line dog and it was interesting i mean 37 10 a lot of teams will take that but hey you're a texas alum you know the expectations here are different than everybody else Maybe Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, the Notre Dame, Southern Cows. I'm sure I'm missing a few teams. Maybe they can relate. But look, when you have all this expectation and, you know, Sark's in year three, 37-10, hey, a lot of people lost money this weekend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That right, line was yeah. 35. Great teams cover good lost teams paper. win, right? Exactly. Yeah. So – what was very noticeable in this game, obviously the defense, and we'll get to that. They showed their ass. But if you're a Texas fan, what you should be worried about is this offensive line who brought right. everybody back. I know Cole Hudson didn't play and DJ Campbell got the start. But, man, when you got all-world Kevin Banks getting beat, like, that's not good. Right, man. This is right. They should be getting beat by on on academics, right? Like not on the playing field. You know what I mean? And I'm sorry. Like that's just what it is. Um, yeah, that's that's the one thing I was a little bit disappointed in. And, and also, man, um, and third down efficiency kind of ties into this too, right? With offensive line play as well. Like what six for fourteen? I'll, I'll pull up the stat here in a second. Is what the yeah six for fifteen? Were. Six yeah. for fifteen. Like that's that's doo doo. That's garbage. You're not going to win in Tuscaloosa with that. Um, and and also. Yo, like, you got to finish drives too, man. You cannot settle for threes. You just can't. You got to get sixes on the boards. You got to convert them into sevens, maybe eights if possible, if situation dictates that. But you're going up against men. You're going up against men of men now. I mean, when you think about the 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 pantheon of collegiate football, I mean, sure, you can give Georgia their flowers because they've done it two years in a row. But before them, man, it was Alabama leading the way, leading the pedigree, man. And we kind of gave them that, that mon- well, I don't want to say we gave it to them. They earned that mantra after they beat us, you know, when Colt McCoy went down. That's kind of when Alabama started taking the reins of this thing, right? And the SEC, besides a couple of what, like a Florida State win and a Clemson win, um, the SEC's dominated collegiate football, national football, man. And, dude, like, 
these are still the men of men, like the top notch of the of the top tier in the pantheon, bro. So if you struggle with rice, I can only imagine what it's going to be like on Saturday. There's a lot of improvement to do from week one to week two. And that's that old saying is the, the most improvement does happen from week one to week two. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, and you're right. I'm not necessarily worried about the skill positions as much and, you know, the defense. But, hey, when you play teams like Alabama and go to the SEC, you got to win between the trenches, dog. And right. against Rice, as you said, it looked a little suspect. Like, guys were getting beat. Guys were look confused. Guys were, you know, walking in on their assignments. And Sark talked about it today in his presser. He said that he thought Christian Jones was the cleanest performer, which you expect that. And then the six-year sure. senior, like, the guy's Great, playing yeah. a lot of football. Dialed you in. expect yeah. that. But he also said others on the offensive line took turns with simple errors. The thing that – and this is Sark speaking – the thing that I didn't love was our physicality. I feel like we were a right. more physical football team than the way we played. And that's a real challenge to our guys. There's a style and manner in which we want to play the game or play the game up front. And we got to become more physical. And, you know, what allows you to be more physical and play more freely is if you know your assignments. Right. Again, guys look <laughs> straight confused. Like guys weren't picking up on blitzes. Quinn Ewers was like running around for his life at times, which – Hey, Quinn, Slimmer Quinn, come move a little bit. I like, little bit more, I like Slimmer Quinn. A little bit more mobile. Hey, and let's, you know, we, we got down, we, we harped on the third down um, conversions, right? They were 0 for 5 going into halftime until, uh, or right, I, I guess maybe a minute, 90 seconds before halftime. And then the first third down conversion happened from the little feet of Quinn Ewers. So, uh, like, I mean, there's there's a little bit to, to like and there's a little bit to take away. Like, I didn't. I tell you, what, I still am down on him bad for not being able to connect with the deep balls. Now, you can argue that two of those deep balls were caught and they were interfered with as well. And look, you still saw the nice one down the sidelines to James Worthy later on in the game, right? So, I mean, to me, I think Quinn Ewers is still the quarterback that can make all the throws. Yo, um, a big game James is playing. Yo, big that? game James is playing with the goggles. Xavier Worthy, I feel you. You, just, you said James Worthy. Oh, did big game James. I feel you. You mean Xavier Worthy. Yeah. Oh, I feel you. Hey, yo, if you bring up big game James to me. Yeah, big game, big game James. You, man. You know, yeah, my bad on that. Definitely Xavier Worthy, not James Worthy. They you good, my guy. It. But, yeah. But, I mean, him being able to hit, you know, Xavier Worthy, down, Xavier Worthy down the sideline, you know, later on in the game, that was fantastic. But for me, I think his reads were there like feeling more comfortable in the offense that he's been there for over a year, which it should, right? You should feel more comfortable. You're getting more reps. You're getting used to Sarkeesian's offense and his game style and his planning, right? You're getting used to his mentality and, and I guess the the process of, of how he sees quarterback play on the field. And it's starting to come into fruition in, in, in years is playing. Now, look, it's only been week one, but we've seen all the hype and all the hoopla from the preseason, and we'll see how it, the, I guess the real tale of the tape the test of the tape, man, is going to be in Tuscaloosa, bro. Absolutely. And those dudes, they look for real. Jalen Milrow, he got the start, and he looked for real against Middle Tennessee. They were up 42 nothing before Middle yeah, Tennessee man. put some points on the board. So, hey, that's going to be a dogfight no matter what. But, but hey, you talk about – But real quick, though, you want to go to, to the other scoreboard? You want to go around the, the rest of the scoreboard? Like, Ohio State struggled too, man, and that's the number three yeah. team. Michigan, kind of, I mean, Michigan still got theirs. I mean, they did it 
pretty pretty handily though but you look around like georgia struggled in the first half and then you know back in the boys started putting it on dude but again I, I mean i don't know how much of this is is week one vanilla type of playbook or how much there's just not much flow there or not and the chemistry's not being built up yet and i don't expect the mid you know a team to be in mid-season form going into week two i just don't but you got to be playing your best football against alabama that's just untold yeah, and that's a good point. What did and didn't Sark show because he knows Nick Saban right. more than a lot of guys do being under him for a little bit. He knows, okay, he'll be looking for this, so we're not going to show that. And, you know, if that's the case, then that kind of makes the offensive line muck it up a little worse. Like, yo, we're doing simple stuff out here, <laughs> elementary <laughs> stuff. Yeah, we're in the basic stuff. We're not throwing out all the crazy, you know, stuff that you're going to see throughout the season in the Big 12 and next or this coming week in uh, Tuscaloosa. And another thing, Wags, like you talk about Quinn Ewers and the deep ball. They took four shots, three to Xavier Wordy, one to Adonai Mitchell. He doesn't want to be called A.D. Mitchell. I like A.D. better. I think A.D.'s tougher, dude. I'm I'm telling you. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough, but he got to respect the brother. If he wants to be called Adonai, then I'll call him Adonai. You know, his mama called him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. Well, I'm I call can't him Clay. help when he when, when he says I don't know. I can't help thinking about Master P. Nah, nah, nah. nah. You know. What I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get in. Oh, that's where my oh, mind goes, man. bro. That's where my mind make him say. Make him say nah, oh. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. That's just I, where I it's at, that. man. I can't get it out. I, you can't take it out no. of me, dude. I feel that. I feel that. But the deep ball, that's what we saw last year. Just all the incompletions, you know, and it's Quinn Ewers throwing it out of bounds. Quinn Ewers underthrowing Xavier Wordy, which I get it. The dude has blazers. The dude has absolute jets. So, you know, I kind of get underthrowing them. But, hey, this is what we worked on all offseason. Last year, it made a lot more sense because – Zay Worthy was getting so much attention. He was getting double team. He was getting bracket coverage, all that stuff. And there weren't any weapons around him. So it was easy to key in on him. This year, I don't see that excuse no right. more. Right. And, you know, the Adonai Mitchell one, that should have been pass interference, which, hey, right. Texas fans, y'all heard Brett Yormark, which, Brett, I know you're hurting right now with TCU, Texas Tech, and, you know, all Baylor. those teams going down. Baylor. Baylor. Eat them up, cats. Eat them up, cats, boy. Got the ass. But, hey, he was telling Joey McGuire a couple of weeks ago, hope y'all go to Austin and throw down. So everybody's against you. You know you're not going to get calls. Right. Expect more of those pass interference calls to have those refs keep that flag in their pants just straight up that's how it's gonna be get used to it but yeah you want to see more of that you want to see more of those guys connect on the deep balls but other than that if you just take that out the way when you were solid like i thought he was solid with an offensive line that really struggled making plays with his legs clean game clean game ran one in like, come on now. Now, there are a couple other mishaps, like when he's trying to throw it to uh, JT Sanders in the end zone and Jordan Willett had brought his man over there. They just yeah. collided. And then another bozo play was JT Sanders wasn't even looking for the ball, so he got doinked in the dome. 
And it's like, all right, fellas, like you're, and, and, they didn't get a couple fourth downs that they should have gotten, and that goes back to the offensive line. Like it's Rice, bro. We gotta, we gotta push these cats. We gotta push these cats. So why, why aren't we getting these fourth down conversions against Rice? I don't like that, but hey, you could clean up on that. It wasn't like Alabama was fully clean. Jalen Merrow, he went down a couple of times last night, even with the Blazers that he has. So. Hey, everybody has a lot of stuff to clean up on. And right. look, at the end of the day, you had a blowout win. Yeah, it, it's week one. Let's just hopefully let's be a little bit optimistic and, and say that, you know, it was a vanilla playbook and and we were just trying to keep it close to the chest and whatnot and, and not trying to show our hand. Right. Like, that's what I'm going to lead with going into this. But the reality, the, the realist in me wants to say, hey, there's a little thing. There, there's a few things that we need to worry about. Now, look, outside of the first quarter, um, we kind of struggled in, you know, closing out the first half. But explosion on the second half of the scene, man. 21 points in the third quarter. That wasn't there last year. It's something to really look forward to. You talked about going out and handling rice, being able to handle some of your cupcakes. Um, and, yeah, so to me, that's a really good improvement there in the, for this season, coming out and being able to dominate in the third quarter. Um People were making a little bit of a fuss, you know, on socials, you know, about letting up in the fourth quarter and letting the, you know, the twos allowing, uh, you know, Rice to get into the end zone. I ain't paying no, whatever, you know, what the hell with that, man, whatever. No, that's nothing on me because, I mean, what, that was, how many plays was that? It felt like, you know, my grandma lived an entire life, an entire lifetime during that damn play drive. I think it was like six to to nine plays, something like that. Um, What, almost eight, seven, seven minutes of, of total, uh, total time being taken off the clock. Uh, shit. I'll, I'll give that. I'll bow down to that. You can, you can have points for that way. Um, the Longhorns are going to put up 40 points again, or they're supposed to be putting up 40 points a game. I guess that's the tale. Um, with this offense, so it's, it's definitely doable. You just talked about how many weapons that Quinn Ewers has. I think he, right now he's just figuring out which toys he wants to play with. I mean, you got Whittington that really didn't seem, uh, many touches either right like if i had jay witt in my backfield or jay witt on my uh you know in my huddle man i'd find a way to use him anytime and then you also you know you want to double up and stack on jay witt now you gotta you gotta guard the scene with uh with jt sanders right and you want to try and couple up and bracket on jt sanders now that wide that wide receiver's wide open oh by the way his, it's big goggles james worthy yeah i'm, I'm kidding it's, it's <laughs> worthy. No, but I mean, you just have so many weapons to to run with, and now you got—we've just seen it. It's possible you have a three-headed hydra out of that backfield. You don't have to just put it all on one catalyst of a running back. You can sit there and have three forms of attack and challenge, uh, you know, challenge the change of pace basically, and keep um keep defenses off balance, man. I think there's a lot to take out of of optimistic play from week one. I just wish we were able to finish drives a little bit better, and third down efficiency was more sustainable. Yeah, you gotta be able to finish drives. You gotta get those fourth and two conversions, and you know Jonathan Brooks looking like Keontae Ingram dropping passes because they both mm-hmm. had dreads and stuff. Keontae Ingram, that dude, he had man slippery hands sometimes. Yeah. Don't get me back on going back to that era. He's but, a pro though. Yeah. He's a pro. He is. He is. He He's is. A pro. Although I don't know if he made a fifty-three man roster this year, but he did his little thing last year. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta take advantage. Like too many threes. I, I mean, Burt Auburn. Yeah, he was knocking them down, but you gotta be able to convert. And again, last year, Wags, 
for this offensive line, when you have the Doak Walker Award winner yeah. and like once in a lifetime players like Bijan Robinson and Rojo, he ain't no punk either. It kind of made this O line look good. Really While good. now CJ Baxter, yeah, we know he's a five star, but he still has a lot to prove. We'll even see how many reps he gets on Saturday because I'm sure they're not going to take anything to chance. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a big game, but this ain't a Big 12 game. So right, if right. this guy needs to rest, I'm good with it. Jaden Blue, he showed me a little something. And Jaden Blue, I get why he showed me some. I'd be a little hot too. Oh, man, right. I, I've been hearing. hearing he was highly change. counted as a recruit, dude. Guy. Right, right. And I heard, you know, what Sark said about him when he mentioned all those guys in pass protection. He mentioned Keelan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, C.J. Baxter. He ain't mentioned no Jaden. Right. So right. if you can't protect the quarterback when those blitzes come in, which, you know, they didn't do that good of a job against Rice, then that's a problem. But he ran angry on Saturday. Jaden Blue yeah. ran angry, and I appreciate that. And I understand why he's angry. Like, he feels like he deserves that spot, and he deserves to be in the mix. Well, now he's probably going to get more of a chance. Show me something. And Jonathan Brooks, he had his moment, especially on that screen pass you mentioned earlier. Like, I love that play. That was a beautiful play right there. Everybody, Keelan Robinson going into motion, Quinn looking to the left, turning his body back to the right, throwing it to Jonathan Brooks, and that dude taking it to, how, to the house. That's what Sark gets paid the good bucks right. for. Like, that, yeah, that's where he makes his money on stuff like that. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's the one play I do want to really focus on in terms of optimistic play for the offensive line, right? I mean, this is a this is a design play that takes tremendous amount of footwork and just athleticism from your offensive line. You saw three offensive linemen from the center guard and tackle of the right side influence influence the defense left first, setting up a nice. It looked like what. A, a fake draw to you know if my memory serves me correctly correctly and then Ewers kind of doing an RPO and then rolling out and then pivoting because you got to look at the footwork of Ewers too right the offensive lineman helped sell that with the way they set up that play and then once Ewers does his pivot and the you know the I guess whatever signal gets released when they when they see Brooks get out there into the flat then your offensive line kind of trickles out and then sets up that screen it it takes perfectly timed um coordination and that's what happened or else you're going to get Lyman downfield right and there was a lot going on there was a lot of influence going taking you left and then all of a sudden the play came right I thought it was fantastic but again we talked about it a scripted play outside of the first quarter where is Sark going to get these get plays like this and it's got to come from taking shots downfield they went four. they tried four attempts at it and came up short on what all all but one if you want to count the one to, to worthy down the sideline as a as a pretty deep ball, I think that was one. I think that was the only one that was over forty yards. Uh, or excuse me, the the strike to the strike to um, the strike to Sanders was forty four yards, but that was a that was a lot of yak. That was a that was basically yeah, that was, a team yeah, yeah he slipped arm a cat and right, and then he made yeah. the move and made it all possible. But dude, you want to talk about one of the best type tight ends in the nation? I'm not saying it just because I'm trying to, to placate to the to the burn orange nation here, man. He is a how he is a force to reckon with, man. Yeah, yeah, he's a good target. I mean, he's already making it known that he's one of the best tight ends in the nation. I think he needs to clean up his blocking just a little bit more. But as far as coming to a receiving tight end, that dude's as good as it gets. And you know, Wags, I mean, Quinn. 
I know people are quick to pull the trigger on him because of what's sure. behind him. Like Malik Murray Highly- came in and did some good things. Yeah. You know, Arch Manning's on that bench too. So it's very easy to look at Quinn yours. And, you know, if he does anything wrong, like he took care of the ball and I get it. It was rice, but that offensive line, like, Hey, they're the real problem right now. And right. Quinn was moving around a lot more than he thought he probably would have. And I like him scrambling on those first downs. Like, Hey, you got this new body. People want to compare your arm to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Well, one thing that they do better than a lot of people, when the play's all broken up and stuff and everybody's going everywhere, they scramble for that yards. Like, look at what Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl. That big-time run in the fourth quarter completely changed the game, and it was so deflating for the Philadelphia Eagles. It completely deflates the defense when they have everybody locked up and everybody guarded, and then the quarterback, who's not known to be an athlete, like there's a difference between Randall Cunningham and Mike Vick scrambling for some, and then somebody like Quinn Ewers and Aaron Rodgers scrambling for some. Like that's that's very deflated. And if he could keep that up, I don't want him to do it much. He took some hits like he got hit a little bit too much for my liking. And there was one point of time he got up a little gimpy and walked over to the sideline. I was like, "Uh oh, and I tweeted, yo, if this whole line acts like this throughout the whole season, Quinn now above 95 ain't going to make it. He ain't gonna make it, Wags. He ain't gonna make it, dog. He's gonna like, have to be putting like you know, there's an extra one thing about being nothing up there just to lather him up and get him a little bit of fattening in there. If the Yo, offensive arm all he's gonna keep it going. I don't know what he needs to do, but he can't take those hits, man. We saw no, last I'm, year he I'm, took I'm, that I'm hit in the Bama game. Like he he can't be taking those hits. So this old line, they gotta clean it up. They mm-hmm. they got to clean it up. Like we get it. All y'all came back and I don't know what happened. Like I was very shocked by that performance that they put on and, you know, thank goodness the defense showed what they showed, which we're going to talk about in a second. But I I was really shocked. Like the fact that Kelvin Banks gave up a sack and and they were just talking about them. What type of blitz packages are you getting thrown to in week one too? Like you, you should be seeing somewhat of base formations, base packages. Maybe you get a, a you know, maybe you get blitzed up in a gap or you get a stunt on, you know, trying to, to roll over the C and then peeling back to a, yeah, maybe that happens. And maybe you start getting some switcheroos or whatnot, but sh- I mean, you should be able to handle that in week one. That's kind of basic passing off of your offensive line. Now, granted, I never played offensive line. I played fullback, but still, <laughs> I mean, Back when okay, fullback Mike Allstock. Back when fullback Okay, Mike Allstock. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Chris Berman. Back, Mike Larry Allstock. Finner. <laughs> Larry Finners. Back when there was a time for us. Daryl Moose <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> it's like we went to glory days, dude. Nah, but oh, I mean, seriously, man. like you make a great point. Like the offensive line has to be there. And what can you imagine what you saw from Rice, right? Or we know what we saw from Rice. What do you think? What kind of stunts? What type of uh, blitzes? What kind, What type of packages are we going to see from Bama? We're going to see men. We're going to see men coming out to be eating somebody else's lunch. I, oh dude, man! You better be yo, ready for it. Biggest yo, improvement like, from week one to week two. It better happen. It's like year one of seven eleven wings for these Alabama edge rushers and defensive linemen. The way they look at, look at that, like that, what they see in the game film this week. Like, oh, these like boys. Yours? I got yours too. I'll take yours. Yeah, and again, Cole Hudson. Yeah, 
<laughs> Cole Hudson didn't play. They wanted to hold him out because he had a little minor injury. But damn, man, like, come on, fellas. Like, DJ Campbell, he had his moments where he was good, and he had his moments where it was his first start. Yeah. You know, yeah. even though he's 345, like, that's a big fella. And, and I know, get it. They, got, they look a little confused. Hot. It was hot down there. It was hot. I get yeah. it. It was hot. It's going to be hot in Tuscaloosa, dude. Yeah. It's only we're only gonna we're only talking five six days removed from Saturday. It's gonna be hot in Tuscaloosa as well. All right, so I get it, yeah. man. Yeah, but all in all, like the offense, definitely worried. You know, like how could you not be if the offensive line looks like that? Then you're not gonna win that game on Saturday yeah. at six o'clock. It will be tough. But what will keep you in the game? is what we saw on defense. That defense looks motivated. They look deep. Pete Kwiatkowski, even though it was Rice, JT Daniels, that dude, yo, man, he's experienced. And they had that dude rattled. Like, he was on his, hey, it looks like we're seeing ghost out here type stuff. Like, Kenny Pickett, he was on that. Yeah, and you got Tuiasa Supo calling the plays too as your offensive coordinator. Like that was a that was a a I don't want to say a stout offense, but it was a a well experienced offense because JT Daniels has been touted all over the nation in in multiple programs, including Georgia. You know what I mean? USC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we know this. He uh, BK and Trey were talking about it. He knows. Uh, he, he knows the field in at DKR better than most quarterbacks in the nation, man. Like this dude, this dude's just got a lot of experience, a lot of reps. So yeah, no, no slouch to 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 them whatsoever. But we get it, you're on rice, but hey, you got to take it for what it's worth. There's still a lot of experience there in that huddle. Yeah. And I saw a lot of freshmen in that first half and first quarter, too. Like you saw Anthony Hill early, you mm-hmm. saw Derek Williams early, LaFowl, you saw him early, and they look nasty. Everybody looked angry, and it started with Travondre Sweat. Like, that dude, absolute hoss, was an absolute monster and made life hell for Rice all game long. And, hey, they had a couple of, you know, Dave Benda, he got beat on one play where he got lost playing that linebacker He still turned out a nice game, too, man. Six he tackles, did. Man. He, he did. was all over the place. He did. Yeah, that sack was big with him and Byron Murphy. Like, that was a big-time sack. And one thing that Pete Kwiatkowski and Sark talked about in the offseason with this defense was forcing more turnovers, yeah. getting to the quarterback more and taking him down. They had a lot of pressures last year, but they wouldn't – they couldn't take the quarterback down. Couldn't find the ball. Forcing fumbles. They weren't finding the ball. Jalen Ford was, but that's about it. Austin Jordan, big time pick from him, which it wouldn't have happened if Trevondre Sweat didn't get a great clean hit on JT Daniels. Like that pressure was there. And hey, that's what you got to have. Like if this offense, which we talked about them putting up 40 a game, like what I saw on Saturday, hey, and yes, this team could definitely get better, but the defense is going to have to win them some games. Right. Like the defense just is going to have to win them some games against some very good competition and some very good quarterbacks. And with how deep this defense is, Wags, and what we saw, like Ethan Burke, he got him one. You know, he got him a a sack. In a half. Yeah. Yeah. He was all over the field and making plays. Then the secondary, Malik Muhammad, as good as advertised. They had a play where they tried to throw it to the tight end on the third down, and Malik Muhammad came up and made a huge hit. 
That's a Sunday and, play yeah. right there, man. That's a Sunday is, play, dude. You're right. You're right. And all the rave that he's been getting, like, he wasn't scared at all. You didn't see Jaron Thompson or Keaton Crawford in in the first quarter, but Jaylen it was Ford? like Jalen hey, playmaker. Just, picking, ball just ball. picking up where he left off. That's it. Just yeah. doing nothing hey. but making plays. And me and Chip talked about, like, that dude has something to play for, man. He got hosed last year for the Big 12 play of the year. All the double-digit tackles, he led linebackers and picks. Like, he got absolutely hosed. So, he going to try to go for that this year. Right. And, yeah, like, just making play Jet Bush's uh, fumble recovery. Like, the guys, they made plays, and they made Rice – offense a living hell and that's what you got to do and it's it was fun to watch the defense play when the offense did a couple of minor mistakes it's weird and i know we're we're really high on the defense right now and w- rightfully so i mean they held rice to 10 points um and not just that like yard you know yardage per play too i want to talk about that as well we'll break down the stats just a little bit here um but the defensive line it it makes me feel a little bit I have a little bit of pause, you know, even though Collins only played like 19, 20 snaps. So, man, I don't I didn't see him on the stat sheet. Like he really didn't make plays on the stat sheet. But I do. I, he, he had that. Like uh, I, yeah, he, he had, had that the pat down. I feel like I saw yeah. him doing a lot more than that, though. Right. Like, I feel like I saw him making a couple of hurries. But anyways, take it for what it's worth. Only, you know, not too many plays that that he was in there on the field, you know, 19 to 20 or, or whatever we have for the snap count. Um but man, uh, to me, like you know, the defensive line being able to get after it with just the defensive line. Sure, we saw a couple of blitzes every now and then, but being able to apply pressure with just three and four players and allowing your other defensive, uh, allowing your other defenders to get back and playing in pass zones, dropping back and taking away passing lanes, dude. That's what you need going into Tuscaloosa, man. You're gonna need a lot of it. You're gonna need athleticism from your defensive linemen to make plays in that backfield corralling the running backs and not allowing them to get out of the backfield, man. You're going to have to do that with just your defensive line because you're going to have to put a spy on Milrow. He's proven that he can get it in the air and on the ground, dude. Three through the air and two on the ground gives me a little bit of caution, but I know these linebackers can handle it. Yeah, did you see Melrose play where the, it was broken? It looked like it was going to be a fumble, and this dude scoops it up for like a 40-yard run for that's a touchdown. Him, like, you can't him. teach that. That's that stuff you can't teach. That's the scariest stuff in the world. Yeah, and, and you're not – The and, stuff you can't teach. No matter how improvising. good you sit here and tell that JT Daniels is, JT Daniels just can't do that. Like, you're going to see no. a different type of quarterback next Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, that dude, I, I think he's for real. And – once a Texas commit, Jalen Milrow, like he decommitted when he found out Quinn Ewers did. So you don't think that's bulletin board material oh, yeah. for him? Oh yeah. Like, oh, this guy's getting all this hype. They don't even talk about me. They're picking, they're picking a lot of people are picking Texas to win because of me being Jalen Milrow. Like, because they don't I'm not proven yet. Right. He's gonna go in pissed off. That's the most dangerous and, person to go up against, too, man. A, a pissed yeah. off, hungry person. Right, right. And they have so many weapons. Like, if they spy, do they believe, like you said, if that Pikukowski, they have a spy on them just because his legs are so scary, that means that somebody else, all the weapons they have could be open. So are we going to take that risk if I'm PK? Like, is it worth it? Or am I just going to trust my dogs and my defensive line and all the good interior linemen that we saw make plays against Rice 
to not even allow Jalen Monroe to go crazy. Because he's going to have his moments just because he's too talented. Right. He's too much of a freak athlete. He's going to have his moments. But when you get into the red zone and, like, goal line situations and fourth down situations, fourth and two, like – everybody's going to have to be locked in. And Jalen Catalan, you didn't see him much this week, make many plays, but this is a game where he's going to have to step up and be close to the line and make plays because they're going to try to run the football. They got a plethora of running backs and they're going to try to run the football. And, you know, this defense, I think they're going to be up to the test. Like they showed me a lot of toughness on Saturday. Again, I know it's rice. I understand that. But just the enthusiasm that they had, like everybody was, it seemed like everybody was foaming at the mouth to make a play and to fly around the ball and to like make interceptions and just to get the ball back for the offense. And it's been a very long time, like even the defense last year, being second in the Big 12 in total defense, got, having guys like DeMarion Overshone and et cetera, like they still weren't ball hawks enough right. to win the game when offenses struggle like Oklahoma State TCU like even though the defense was good like they didn't get the ball back enough for the offense to have maybe enough chances and yes obviously the offense has its woes and they have to correct a lot way more than the defense does but just having those games where like you saw Travis Hunter like if Travis Hunter didn't get that pick for Colorado that big time dive out pick that changed the game, Wags. 100%. Completely it completely changed it the game. It. it ripped the mentality out of, of not just the, the entire fan base of TCU, but the entire team. They were they was getting ready to march in, and he's just like, nah, nah, hold nah. on. Let me tell you about the what the Buffs are getting ready to go do. The, the Horns haven't had plays like that, haven't had enough plays like that in recent years. And I agree I with you. This team has guys that can make plays like that, which is really exciting. No, especially, I mean, we just talked about it, Ford. Ford's an athlete. He he just had another snag on in week one. Um, the, the thing that I wanted to really get on was how impressive that the defensive line is going to have to be with just their front four, right? Like, we talked about how nasty and, and tenacious that they're going to have to be. Well, I mean, the tail of the tape is in Tuscaloosa, my guy. And if you can send four guys after it, that will set the tone and allow you to dictate what this uh, – uh, I guess what this Crimson Tide offense is actually going to be. Now, I think it does go with the flow of Milrow, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, if you can contain him and force him into a one-dimensional quarterback and do that just with your defensive line, I think it, it really puts you in an advantageous spot to get the W on Saturday, man. Yeah, he put some throws on the money, man, gets Middle Ooh, Tennessee. Like, good, dude. He put some throws. I was like, oh, he's got this in this game? Okay, like show me something. And again, that's Middle Tennessee. You always got to go back to these non-power five and, you know, schools that, you know, just the talent is so much better right. for these teams like Alabama and Texas. But still, like, you know, they got scholarship players on the other side too. Like they can make plays also. And Jalen Murrow, man, yeah, he did some things where you're like, okay, I'd be a little nervous if I'm Pete Kwiatkowski, Bo Davis, and the rest of that defensive coaching staff and how you prepare for that guy. Well, let me ask you this. Everybody gets up for Texas. Like we're complete we're we're clearly Rice's Super Bowl of the of the, the schedule for them, right? We how much do we get up for Alabama? Like Alabama ain't getting up for Texas. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, sure. I don't, I mean, they want to beat out. They want to beat Texas. But I mean, if to me, I still think Alabama is a team to beat over Texas. Don't you? 
Like for for me, it's all about Texas getting up for Alabama. It's more of a hype game for Texas to beat Alabama than it is for Alabama to beat Texas. Like Alabama's expected to beat Texas in my book. I think Texas has way more to prove with Sark not winning big games and Sark's record than Saban and the Crimson Tide do. But it goes against their grain losing – you know, not SEC no, games. Yeah, one no, one hundred percent. Yeah, like that. They, they don't. They don't lose non SEC games. And Will Anderson said last year, like Texas was the hardest game he played in. So I think this team they understand that. Hey, last year Nick Saban he already just said earlier in the offseason that they got hosed in the college football playoff, and they should have been a team that got in over uh, maybe a TCU or Ohio State. But, yeah, I think these fools, <laughs> I, I think they got a lot to play for. And, again, going back to Jalen Miro, being a former Texas commit, like, that yeah. dude, that dude has something to definitely play for. And a lot of people are picking Texas because Jalen Miro isn't proven and neither is Quinn Ewers, really. But I think Quinn Ewers – with him being in the mock draft first round and stuff, and everybody looking at him as highly the next coming. Coming out of Horns 24-7 yeah. or, or just, you know, sports 24-7. These dudes. Exactly. Yeah, like- exactly. Like, everybody expects for it to click for Quinn Ewers. Like, and he throws that ball to Jordan Winnington where he did a little double fake and hit Jordan Winnington right before the end zone. Like, that was why Quinn Ewers is, you know, all the hype. That ball, that was a beautiful ball to uh, Jordan Whittington, but I, I, it's going to be a test. We know this is going to be a test and this offensive line, they like, I was, when, when Chip brought out the horn 24 seven, you know, grades grades from one to nine position grades. And he had offensive line last, which somebody has to be last. And I think, (laughs) but you don't want your offensive line to be last. No, you you don't, you don't. You don't want no one to be last, but and it also shows like how deep all the other position groups are because I still right. believe this offensive line could be really good. It's just like when you have everybody coming back. I know DJ Campbell wants to start last year, but the two's three forty. He's starting for a reason. Yeah, and you look like that against Rice. It's like, bro, what am I missing here? What are y'all confused about? Like. Y'all saw a lot of football last year. Y'all played way better for us. Like, there were sometimes Rice was just rushing four dudes. Yeah, dude. Four. Yeah. They some, weren't blitzing. At some point, at some point the alphas got an alpha. You know what I mean? Like, like the, 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 the real men on the field need to take over and just dominate. And that's kind of what you saw towards the latter portions of the game, right? You just saw a more athletic and a, a team with numbers start to, to take over. Like, honestly, if we really want to to get harsh on, on Texas, this – this offense should have put up maybe 45 to 50 points, honestly. Um, yeah. Like, they, sh- they should have been able to run it up on Tech or, or on Rice, rather. Um, I, again, I'm going to look at it as week one. The one thing I do, and we've been really petty, which is a good thing, with a 37 to 10 victory over Rice. We've been really petty. That, that, that means that, you know, things are turning in the right way for Texas. You know what I mean? Like, we're, ex- we're our expectations are starting to get met. Uh, and we're starting to slip on just maybe one or two of them, right? Now, the the good thing that we got to take away from it, man, is the turnover ratio, all right? Like, we had two takeaways, Ewers went clean, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, only 260 through the air, but I'll take that, man. Is it enough to get you a win in Tuscaloosa? 
play clean football and you win the turnover ratio two to two to zero? I think so, man. Um, but you got to play a lot more ferocious, and then that comes with offensive line play, like you said. Yeah, and I get Sark saying, which is completely true. We got to take the deep shots to free yeah. up everything else. Like I completely get that because you got to keep the defense. Uh, you got to keep the defense honest, and even if you don't complete them, which it's starting to get a little bugaboo-ish, you still got to take them. And I think they will get. What well, keeps better, the defenders honest, like, right? Yeah, it keeps them honest. But it's like, damn, how are we still underthrowing Xavier Warrior? Like, ain't that all y'all do in the offseason? Just let him like, go get it. The Adonai Mitchell one, I'm not tripping off that because that should have been pass interference. But still, that was underthrown. Like, he had to stop and come back. You know what I'm saying? It's just, damn, man. <laughs> like, let, but we're, you know, we're these the fastest like, dude on the field, right? Yes. Usually. Usually, Worthy is the fastest. Always player, always, always, on the field, right? always on the field, and it's never been like the last time they connected that I could think of on a deep shot was right before Quinn Ewers went out in last yeah. year's Alabama game. Yeah, that's that it. was it. That was absolutely on the money. And when and he came back, it wasn't it wasn't as clean as it was. Yeah, now, like I, I know, and didn't Worthy have like a broken hand or something in in the, yeah. the last three months yeah. of the of the league? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, but so I mean, he but to to that point though. He looked like the old Xavier Worthy he going down good. the sideline. He looked like he, he looked was good. back. He looked good. The way he shook old boy, he shook old boy, gave him a little stiff arm. I was like, whoa, man, that's some smooth criminal stuff right there. Like, that dude, he's got some juice. And talk about motivation. Like, that dude motivated. He's motivated. He heard everybody talking crazy on Twitter, including media and stuff. And, you know, he heard all that. And a lot of Longhorn fans got a little scared because him being a California kid with NIL, they thought he was going to go with Lincoln Riley at them because we saw what yeah. Jordan Addison did last yeah. year. We're seeing what Zachariah Branch is doing this year. Like, you play with Lincoln Riley, hey, man, you're going to get open. Yeah, so, but that Texas brisket is too good to let go, man. Lincoln don't bake that brisket like Texas. Bro. Nah, his brisket make it so suspect. Right. Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> yeah, man, you can't just burn that stuff. Like, that's absolutely bogus. But, yeah, I feel him. Like, that brisket's serious down here, and if that helped him stay, then, yo, shout out to his favorite barbecue spot. But, yeah, Xavier Worthy, he looks sharp. He definitely looks sharp. And, again, he looked motivated, and he has a lot to prove. But, you know, it – I don't want Quinn Ewers just lasering in on him. Sure. That, you got a lot more can, toys, buddy. You got a lot got more toys. Way more toys. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to utilize everybody. And I get it. Xavier Wordy, he's going to be open a lot because he's that guy. Speed. Yep. Yeah, just the speed and like this, the route running. It was just way more, it was a lot more sharp than we've seen in recent years, which. He's had over 20-some touchdowns his first two years at the Texas Law Court. So, hey, the fact that he could get better is scary for hey, not just Alabama, but for the rest of the Big 12. And, again, now Adonai Mitchell, JT Sanders, like you said, how good he is. Jordan Winnington is like he shouldn't be a sleeper, but he is. Like people forget about how good I know. he is. It's, be. it's because of how loaded this offense is, man. Like that that wide yeah. receiver room? Are you serious? Like yeah. we talk about the quarterback room, but look at the wide receiver room. The wide sure. receiver room that that it's loaded. Yeah, and 
Sark can't fall in love with it because they're gonna have to yeah. run the ball to win games, you know. Well, it and... felt like he was in the beginning of the game, man. A lot of passes, and maybe that was by design too in the first half. Like a lot of pass-heavy offense there, and then you start the you you started to see it in the second half. That offense got balanced out. I think I, I don't have you know the percentage-wise on aerial assault to uh, to ground assault or ground attack. Uh, I'll pull that up in a little bit here, but man, it, it did start to get a little bit more balanced out towards the end of the game. Um, the thing to me, though, is you're going in Alabama. Like, of course, you want to stretch the field and get vertically to keep them honest and stuff. But you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to be able to pound the ball. And it's going to come from more than just one running back. It's got to be the three-headed Hydra. Hopefully, uh, Baxter's back and ready to do it. But, I mean, look, we saw what Brooks is able to do and being able to take it to the house. I was really impressed with Alfred Blue. Or not Alfred Blue. With Blue, though. I mean, he was one. He to me, he was really the one that showed out and was – I guess lived up to the mantle, ran, running angry, as you put it earlier in the show, and really making the most of his time, man. He's going to have to do a lot more of that in Tuscaloosa if he gets the opportunity to. Yeah, Jaden Blue, 10 carries, 55 yards, 5.5 yards average. And, yeah, there was one run uh, on the left side, and it looked like he was gobbled up. And he somehow just squeaked out of a lot of traffic and got about 15 more yards. So, yeah, they got some talent in the running back room. Just can this offensive line understand that, hey, they got to be men too. They got to win right. their battles. You know, right. Bijan Robinson, he ain't there no more. Bijan Robinson did a lot to where, oh, man, that's a tackle for loss. Oh, wow, how Bijan Robinson get three out of that? Like, I like Jonathan Brooks. I like C.J. Baxter. I like uh, Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson. I like all those guys, but they weren't what five brought to the table, and they're not what two brought to the table, Roshan <laughs> Johnson either. So that offensive line, they can't get arrogant and thinking that, oh, those guys, they covered up so much of our mistakes last year. That's not going to happen. They got to be locked in, and they have to be better than what we saw on Saturday against rice but let's talk about a sponsor before we get to a little nfl talk with my man adam wagner covert b cave covert auto group the family-owned business shout out to bucky and bk this saturday up there for the pregame show i know on friday they're gonna have michael griffin there and everybody come out for the alabama game doing big things with covert at their 42 acres on that beautiful hill located in the b cave area over a hundred years in the greater austin area and they got all types of brands six big or excuse me, seven big time brands for you to be riding dirty around the beautiful Austin area, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And riding dirty is a good thing. Shout out to my guy, Chameleonaire. Shout out to Dan Covert and all our guys at Covert Auto Group all around Austin, not just the BK area, even though that's the one that we go to for Texas sports. Un filtered for our shows and whatnot if you want to look at all these whips that i just threw at you go to covertbcave.com all right wags man oh, and, and, oh, what's up what's up what's up, <laughs> what's up man what no, you doing about the millionaire what about man it's what's oh, about dog come in i love it legend. i love it the, god the dude i that. fucking miss that shit oh my god <laughs> Oh. Come on, man. Chameleon there and Paul Wall. Good y'all that don't legends. know, Jay and I did a show for like two years, man. And I would get this every Sunday. Like this was 
this was gold, bro. This was fucking oh, gold, man. man. That's what I'm saying. You being you, we got great chemistry, and you know, you coming in the bullpen, filling in for Chip. I appreciate, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Y'all for and, yeah, man. I just appreciate you being on Texas Sports on Filter. We got a hell of a team here, man. Starting off with Bucky and BK from eight to ten, then Chaos Theory with you and Rodney Rodriguez, which y'all's first show today was awesome. I know y'all are gonna do a great job, but then hanging with hard with my guy mm-hmm. Mike. Harge, that's my dude. Love that guy. And I go back with everybody at this, you know, Texas Sports Unfiltered. Trey, BK, Trey Ellen. That's my brother. You know the relationship I have with him. And then Chip Brown, again, legend, being able to work with him. The fact that BK said, oh, y'all going to have a great show and believed in us. That means the world because, again, Chip's a legend. And I'm just some dude from the ATS. Oh, you're selling, sports, yourself so. short, you're selling hey, yourself short, bro. You're selling yourself short, man. Hey, man. I, I, said, I said we're the 92 Dream Team, and I might be Leitner. Which I'll take. I'll take Leitner. <laughs> I might be Leitner. Hey, I'll take it. Yo, Leitner made the league like 15 years, man. He might not be in the pro uh, pro basketball Hall of Fame, which I think it's just the basketball Hall of Fame. I don't think it's pro or college, but he'll get in there eventually. Know. Trust me, he'll get in. There. Everybody gets Hell. in that Hall of Fame. He'll get in. There. Everybody gets in. Yeah. Oh my it god! Seems Ain't like that it. something? Ain't that something? But yeah, Jeff Howe bringing him to the team, and yeah, we're loaded here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Subscribe, like, and everything. Appreciate everybody for joining us today, and yeah, it's been a blast so far. We got more coming ahead, but yeah, I, let's I get to. A, a, I got to ask you an apology ahead, real quick to a lot of people. I've I was so big on the Bayou Bengals last night. I was telling everybody to sell their house, you know, put the house on it, man. You know, Florida State's going down. I am so sorry. Sometimes I get them wrong, man, and I got that one way wrong. I was so wrong about LSU. Yeah, you know, Brian Kelly, I mean – he was talking a lot of trash, bro. He was talking a lot of trash. That dude was talking very spicy, saying we're going to beat the you don't off of Florida State. You don't get draft pick, man. You know, you just no. don't. No. Somebody they spiked that gumbo that he was probably eating. That's probably what it was. Somebody spiked that gumbo, and now he thinks he's just Cajun. And now he's trying to be cocky, just like those LSU folks. Them LSU folks, they mad cocky because they win a lot. They win a lot. Just won the baseball world series, just won the women's basketball championship. They won with Joe Burrow a few years ago. I get it. They got a lot to I mean, be proud Kim of. dresses down there too. Mm, shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, sunshine. Uh, shit. <laughs> Kim Dwayne, that that's not my best. Kim Dwayne. Kim Malky? Yeah, Kim Dwayne Malky. Her middle name's Dwayne. Her middle name ain't. Du- Her middle name's not. That's Dwayne. what. Ain't no way. I, I'm pretty sure ain't. I heard that somewhere. I'm not gonna quote my source on that, but I'm pretty sure I heard it. That lady is so country. I love her. She could coach, but talk about country. Talk about just Southern Cajun. She's all that stuff. That's your Aunt Rhonda that comes to the damn family gatherings. You know what I mean? Hey, let me tell you what I did up in Idaho one year. You know what I mean? That's that's her, man. That's her. Yeah, I would hate to get on the bad side. But, yeah, man, Brian Kelly, he, you know, wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash. And, yo, Jordan Travis, that dude, he put on the show. And Coleman, the basketball player who's signed with Kansas to hoop and play football. And I guess Bill Self was like, nah, bro, like, if you're serious about Kansas football, you can't come play for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he straight up, 
I think he realized Dummy. that, like, bro, Dummy. all you're doing is throwing your body out there for no reason. Like, no reason. Now, Kansas football is a little different now, but I get why he didn't end up there. But, man, yeah, they put it on him. And Daniels, a lot of people had him as a Heisman candidate, but Florida State, they look for real. And they kind of looked like the old Florida State that we saw when Jimbo Fisher was running in and we had Jameis Winston still in crab legs and stuff. But, yeah, they were winning <laughs> national championships. And this team looks like they can win a national championship. That team was deep. Very impressive what they did last night. Yeah, I mean, look, Travis looked decent, dude. It's not just the fact that he threw four dimes into the end zone, man. You know, he looked fantastic throwing the deep ball. I mean, he was connecting, man. He was all over the place. Like, it's it's who you were just talking about, Coleman, man. Being able to go up and get nine grabs, nine grabs, three of them were touchdowns, dude, for 122 yards. Looked sick. These dudes look like pros, man, and they made me look like a fool. I did not think Florida State was even legit because they was in the ACC, which I think is a watered-down league, and you saw what they were doing last year. They were beating beaten-up teams. They were beating uh, schools that had combined victories of, of, like, five wins. Now, that's a little bit of an embellishment, but, I mean, that's how bad the schedule was. So I didn't think too much or too highly of Florida State going into this season, and I thought that the LSU, Bob, or, uh, the LSU Bayou Bengals were going to be able to run away with it, man, but nah, dude. Seminoles came to show and and they showed out for sure. Yeah, yeah, they definitely showed out. And Mike Norvell, I mean, yo, he's got some guys from the transfer portal and he's got some studs as pass rushers and the defense. They were locked in. And, you know, you thought with the momentum that LSU had last year, you know, getting to the SEC championship. You thought that would carry over. I mean, Brian Kelly, again, he might be talking crazy, which these coaches, when they start talking trash and stuff, that's just something slimy about that. Like, you know, be respectful. Understand, like, the position that you're in. Like, I wouldn't even say let the players do that, but let the fans do that. You know what I'm saying? When he goes out and says, we're going to beat the brakes off FSU in 2023, like, that's, that's trash. And I get it, like, you, their team feeds off that, but right. it could be in a negative way too. They could feed off that, like oh, the yeah, other team feeds off back. that as well. The feed other team—that's bulletin board yeah. material for them, especially yeah. for the first game of the season. Only thing <laughs> they prepare for is you. you. It's prime time. <laughs> it's the only game on Sunday, fam. Come on, come on, dog. That gumbo ain't that good. I get it. I love me Bold some Cajun. Old dude. Yo, give me a shrimp po' boy. Give me some antouffee. That's some of my favorite. Yo, what is, hold on. What is a right shrimp there. po' boy? Is that just like, is that just it's like the, the sub? With, is that just like a, yeah. a, a shrimp salad sub? No, no, no. I mean, it has the fixings on there. You could probably get your lettuce, tomato. You know, I like tartar so sauce just on just like there. a Other lot people. of shrimp? Yeah, it's like fried shrimp and it's the bread. Oh, shit. Like the bread, it's not normal sub bread or normal hoagie bread. Like it's a very oh. specific bread that only New Orleans people really know and Louisiana people really mess with. And that's what makes it the po' boy. So Baltimore does like a Kaiser roll, right? And they do with right. uh, with shrimp salads where they it's it's a lot of the shrimp. It's not fried shrimp, but it's like. It, it's boiled shrimp or, or hell, whichever way you, you, you cook the damn shrimp. But then you mix it with a little bit of mayonnaise. Now, I know I'm not a big mayonnaise dude either. I don't like potato salad. I don't like shrimp salad. I don't like macaroni salad. I don't like none of that stuff. 
but I'll eat some shrimp salad, man. And as long as it ain't too mayonnaise based, because they throw a lot of Old Bay in there that takes up a lot of that mayonnaise flavor, but it's so damn good, Zay. And they put a little yeah. bit of lettuce on there with it, right? And you sprinkle more Old Bay on there with a touch of lemon, and you eat it through that fucking Kaiser roll, man. Oh, so damn good. <laughs> oh, my God. My nipples yeah, are hard I, talking about it, man. Oh, wow. Come on, man. I get I'm it. Like, now, look, I, I got to go. But I got to wow. taste. I gotta taste the po' boy now, man. Oh yeah, you can find it. Uh, you can definitely find them in the area of different Cajun restaurants and stuff. Yeah, you can definitely find a good po' boy. I gotta find me one of those rolls, man. Those that's a Kaiser. Roll I mean, you can stuff. get a Kaiser roll anywhere, man. But how Baltimore does it up there, and it's also well, yeah, like a Baltimore person would do right, it. That's right. Right. Um. So the we lobster rolls big, right? Oh yeah, crab roll, like crab, crab imperial, roll. Stuffed, okay. you know, yeah. stuffed lobster with crab imperial, like all that shit up there, man. That, that chef's kiss. Um, and then the uh, the pit, like the the, I guess it's grilled. It's not not really grilled. I, I guess it would be a, a smoked a smoked pork shoulder, essentially, is what it is. But it's pit beef instead of pork, like how you would do it down here, like with a with a pork roast or whatnot. But it's a pit shoulder, man. It's like it's what you would do with like the uh the brisket slow cooking it all damn day but you do it with like a the shoulder or whatever and then you peel it really you peel it really like thin man just really sliced thin and you put it over a little bit and i i i hate coleslaw i hate it but for some reason it tastes good with a little bit of this uh this barbecued pit beef, man. It's fantastic. Interesting. I, speaking of that, man, now I want to get some barbecue, dude. I heard Smoky oh, Moses yeah. is going out there on Friday. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Smokey Moe's, man, out there at Covert Bee Cave with the fellas, BK, and Trey will be out there, and Bucky. Yeah, man, that's good eating. But, yeah, I'm Florida State. They had a big win last night, and they're putting themselves in college football playoff uh, contention. But let's talk about the three Big 12 losses before we get to the NFL. almost forgot about Brett Yorbark's horrible weekend. You have Dave Aranda and the Bears going down to my parents' alma mater, even though they're Southwest Texas folks because they that old, Texas State taking them down. Huge win. Then you got Tech going up to Wyoming with the Buffalo Bro. and all that. Dutton Ranch and all That's that. That's what I was going to say, Dutton Ranch. Yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah, Kevin Costner checking out you, the game. you get up to Dutton Ranch, you don't get out of Dutton ranch you know what i'm Yo, talking man. about there you hey. gotta you gotta throw the sam houston voice in there but he'd speak of dutton ranch Yo, you're looking at the Black Rip Wheeler, damn it. <laughs> you're looking at... I ain't got the fucking time. The Black Rip Wheeler. I don't play. I don't play. Call me for the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? Yellowstone's my joint. I'm going to take you down to the train. Joint. I'm going to get him a train ticket out of here. You going to get him oh, on the bus or the train? He's going to take the train down to Wyoming. Yeah, man, Joey McGuire, it don't run through Lubbock. Y'all got to worry about Wyoming, first L of the season. And then a game which it wasn't upset, but it didn't look like no upset. Colorado Buffalo taking it to the Horn Frogs of TCU. And, yeah, we kind of talked about Travis Hunter earlier in the show, which, Wags, I appreciate you, Chip Brown. Who knows what the hell he's doing right now. I'm sure Quinn Ewers and all those guys are late today because class and stuff in Alabama. Like he got to make sure he stays down. There. So, Wags, here, I appreciate man. you. Thank you, my brother. But, man, nobody and they mama thought that 
Colorado Coach Prime would go down to Fort Worth and get them a dub. I didn't. I thought they would get blown out. I thought that Chandler Morris, like, this dude was supposed to be better than Max Duggan. Like, Max Duggan was in New York. Right, right. At the Heisman. Yeah, Yeah, like Chandler Morris, he got the quarterback face. The dude looks like a high school musical character that's trying to play quarterback. Like, he has, you know, everything you want. Max Duggan looks like a daggum serial killer. So, (laughs) this is (laughs) – so, I'm over here like, yo – Chandler Morris is supposed to be next up. He's supposed to be, you know, that dude. And then I remember Wags, like, one of the toughest things that I had to do when you left that radio station that we both used to work for, I had to fill your shoes. I had to fill guys like Trey Ellen's shoes, guys that are very credible, guys that have a lot of skins on the wall and do a great job at that profession and their profession and what they do. So Chandler Morris – what kind of pressure you going through, dog? Because yeah, that yeah. serial killer dude that went to New York, he took this team to the national championship game. They might have got slaughtered, but he took them there. And Chandler Morris kind of looked like a scared puppy at times where I was like, bro, I don't know. You might have all the talent and stuff, but right. I can see that pressure on your neck. I can see it yep. all the way from my crib and off the tank. I can see that pressure on your neck. Build it up. Build it up. Because he didn't think that them Colorado brothers would be that good either. Nobody and did, they though. Yo, know, they hit him in the mouth early, Wags. And, that's, and it's, it's funny you said that because I was just getting ready to say, like, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth, man. You know what I mean? And it's, it's funny you said that because on point, it happened, dude. But no, but. But also to that point, nobody thought that the Buffs were going to show up and do that. Like Colorado came out to play, dude. And and to give a little bit of credit to Texas State or Texas State to TCU rather, I don't I don't think that this is the same TCU national champion runner-ups that we saw. You know what I mean? Playing for the national championship. Like there was a lot of turnover on this roster. Uh five um six players, uh six or seven players I know got drafted, I think. Hell, maybe even nine or eight, rather. Um, but no, a lot, like there, a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of players, a lot of turn, turnover on this roster. So to me, I think you got to take a little bit of that into credit. But I still thought that TC would be able to beat Colorado, man. I mean, we're talking about a team that got one victory here. So for them to go out and and be able to to already meet, you know, I guess their win expectancy or or whatnot. And again, I thought it was prime being prime. I thought it was just a lot of hype and a lot of hoopla. Now, look, this guy does motivate a lot better than than. The more other co- – or I can't say that because there's a lot of great motivators out there that are coaches. But what, what he was able to do, take a lot of players out of the transfer portal and then have a lot of players do an exodus through the transfer portal and still be able to win on week one, that's saying something, dude. Like Prime Prime knows how to motivate and get young men to where they need to be, and it looks like it's going to carry over, man. Now, I don't know how much success they're going to have going out throughout their season, but it was cool to see them win in week one, a shocking win in week one. And, yeah, there's a – there's some trouble in the Big 12, that's for sure, man. But hey, look, if you're welcoming, if if you're welcoming in new schools, I mean, let's let's talk about other schools that aren't in the Big 12, right? Like uh, like Texas State looking, you know, looking at a Baylor that's in the Big 12. They beat the hell out of it, man. Maybe they deserve the bid. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, those dudes on Colorado, and you're right, Dion. His motivation is just like what? Which, which, hold on, let me look this up. Or what's say, say it 510 yards, Zay? Eh? 510 oh, yeah, for, yards for, prom, for prom, prom Junior. 
for prom yeah. for for Shader for Shader Sanders. Yeah, five hundred and ten yards, four touchdowns, a clean game, no interceptions, dog. Yeah, Shadir, and, hell, they, he and was, they threw the ball more. They 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 didn't run the ball much. Well, you gotta understand, Shadir Sanders, like that dude, was a four star coming out oh, of high school. So everybody thought, okay, since he's going to an HBCU, he can't ball. Bullcorn, yeah. like, come on now, sure. like that's oh, that's. And this dude, he worked out with Tom Brady. I've seen videos of him working out with Tom Brady, like in the off season. And this is the goat giving you reps, yeah. giving you love, like. And he looked just boys. He looked like he's been there before. Nothing What's rattled wrong? him. He got a sack. He got sacked a couple of times, but there's not one throw that Shadir Sanders didn't make on Saturday. And I don't think Sonny Dykes expected them to be that Chris. I think, and obviously Travis Hunter, like I don't know who's player of the game, Shadir Sanders or Travis Hunter. Yeah, Hunter's nasty probably Cole, too, bro. That dude, like talk about the stamina, man. Like I was tired just watching, homie. I, I was like, exhausted just watching them. A hundred and something plays both sides, like – Charles Woodson, that's the only person I could compare to. Obviously, Dion did it too, but they didn't get that many reps on both sides. Like this dude yeah. seemed like he was in on every play, and the pick he made was huge. That pass down the field on the go route where he basically just mossed the uh, cat, just big-time plays. And I get it. Old boy said, yo, I'm Heisman candidate already. Which, you know, these guys, be careful. Like, you know, I get it. You talking, you confident, you know, you want to be, you want to have a lot of faith in yourself. I understand that, but be careful. This is still football. Like, guys right. see that, and, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to take this dude out, some bounty type stuff. But, man, Dion, he's got some serious talent there. Edwards, who looked like Deuce Vaughn, Darren Sporles type guy, like just a oh. little Mighty Mouse out there. He was making plays. And, yeah, Sonny Dykes at TCU, I think they got caught up in the hype too. I think they got right. caught up in the like, oh, this dude just brought in 87 players, the most in college football. Like, ain't no way they're going to have chemistry. Ain't no way they're going to be on the same page. And – Shoes. Those dudes, huge win. Now they got the Fox crew going up there for big noon kickoff to, for them to play Matt Rule and Nebraska. And Dion's doing what he said he would. He's shocking the world. I think I think Buffalo's going to get another one too. Nebraska's a volleyball school. They're volleyball. <laughs> school. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no slaps to to Matt Rule. I mean, you know, we he's obviously proven that he can win in, in at the collegiate level. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, like let's let's stay on this Colorado team real quick, man. It reminded me of the West Virginia Mountaineers of old when they had Patrick White, Noel Devine, um, uh, uh, St- Ben. I can't remember. Is, is it Stedman? Stedman or uh, one Stedman Bailey? Stedman Bailey on one of the wide as one of the wideouts, and then also, um, God, the dude from uh, the dude from Mar- uh, Trayvon. I can't remember. I can't Austin? think of the guy's name, man. Trayvon, Trayvon Austin? Austin. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah. the the dude from Dunbar, the Baltimore cat, man. But yeah, dude, like that's that's how impressive and how much talented I think this offense can be. They can be a very high powered and high explosive offense. It's just somebody's gotta be able to stop stop the scoring, man. You, you talked about it. There was a lot of turnover on the TCU, uh on the TCU side of the ball, too. And um, and they were still able to put up a lot of numbers against this Colorado uh, Buffalo defense. So Again, somebody's got to be able to stop the bleeding. Um, 
you, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to outscore every opponent. I mean, I know that's kind of how you're you're designed to do so right now. And I mean, it works in the Big Twelve clearly. I don't think it's going to work outside of the Big Twelve. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to Dion. He's hired a good coaching staff that you know. With somebody like him, you would think, okay, yeah, nobody's above me. I always, I want to be the brightest football mind, but hey, A's higher A's. Me and Chip Brown talk about this all the time, and B's higher C's. And Deion Sanders, he's looking like an A. He might talk a lot, and I've seen him on every, you know, from ESPN and Fox. I've been seeing him all around TV all day today, which that's just him. Like, he ain't shy from that camera. Never has been when he was rocking that Jerry Curl and in the hot tub it. and all that stuff. I love it, too. I really Embrace do. It, like, dude. I, Embrace yo, it. yo, man, I've been a Dion fan since I was, like, three years old. Like, it's – I remember wearing the bandana, running around my house, acting like I was getting interceptions and stuff, and I really didn't know – how good he was. I just loved what he represented. And he's bringing that to coaching, which, again, I'm a coach's son. Like, what he's doing in a way is frowned upon. It's, like, <laughs> against the coach. That's why he's had so many haters. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a way, like, he has just the arrogant cockiness about him. But in 2023, oh, it's yeah. It's but in 2023, it's yeah, it's backed up and it's swag. It's swagger, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, yes, prime time, man. He's called prime, t- like seriously. So, and that's how he he told the media to address him as prime time. From here on out, you will call me as prime time. Like that, yeah, Coach Prime. The, the dude played at a high level uh, football IQ, and he brought that football acumen to the coaching sidelines, man. No doubt, no question about it. And he's hired. The man looks like a genius because he's put nothing but good football talent around him. Yeah. So yeah. Give the man his flowers. Give him his roses right now. And, and yes, I saw the comment right now by Sal. Guess what? I agree with you, Sal. They are going to roll Nebraska. And, and already get – I don't know if they have – if the win total was two games or three games this season for Might the Colorado Buffaloes. I Might think it's three. three. But they're going to hit yeah. that win total. They're going to hit the over, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And – yeah, very impressive. Very impressive. His son, Hunter Edwards, like those guys were making plays. And he has two sons. He has one the the on the defensive too, end. I love the moment at the end of the game, too, where they, they had the shot of Dion and his boys in the huddle. And it, it was, a, it, dude, it looked like he was about to get emotional. And, and he damn near got emotional, too. And how can you not, man? You have your, bro, you have your boys with you, man. You have your boy, and, and everybody counted, or everybody tried to write him off just because, like you said, they went, they went to a, a college uh, that was outside of the norm, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, dude, to be able to, to I guess, perform on that type of, of, of platform there i mean national eyes are on you regardless of, of however you want to put it you're playing against the national uh the national contender runner up you know what i mean so to speak yeah, yeah again we talked about how that that roster had a lot of turn, turnover but still all eyes were on you and you came out and performed like that and not only did you perform man you performed on a high level 510 yards four touchdowns no interceptions that's one yeah. way to send a signal man that's one way to send a message yeah, we got a lot of guys that are good fighting for that Heisman already right. in week one. I know Caleb <laughs> Caleb Williams clearly has an edge because he's played two games, 
you know, but man, there's a lot of guys fighting for that Heisman very early and college football is already off to a very exciting start. Texas Tech, man, mm, Joey McGuire, that was a tough one. You're up by 17, end up losing to Wyoming in double overtime. And yeah, still goes through Lubbock. Still goes through Lubbock, I guess. <laughs> and now. Yeah, Bray Yarbrough's like, damn. Bray Yarbrough's like, yo, Joey, what's going on? I'm trying to ride y'all the beat. Texas and y'all ain't even being Wyoming? Come on, dog. You making me look bad, which I would tell you, Brett, you're making yourself look bad, dog. Like, Jay-Z ain't there to protect you no more. You ain't working. This is a different era you're working in. So you got to own everything that you say, and that's one of them. And Texas State, Dave Aranda, brutal. TJ Finley looking like Gito Smith out there. He was putting it on the dime. They rolled those dudes. 42 points. Dave Aranda, he's supposed to be defense, dude. Right, you? dude. Right. Like 42 points. Texas State. New coach. Come on, fam. Come on, hey, man. We got him. They got got. And maybe they overlooked it. Maybe Baylor overlooked it. Let's talk about that. Maybe they saw the Bobcats. You know, on the schedule, be like, all right, we got ourselves a cupcake game, fellas. You know what I mean? After yeah. bail or after we uh, after we beat down uh, Texas State, we're going to health camp. And if anybody knows that what health camp is, it ain't healthy food, that's for sure. But look, they got caught up in the mix, regardless of what it is. And the Bobcats put it on them, man. The Bobcats. That's. I, I want to say that Colorado was the biggest surprise, or maybe even at first, I thought Florida State losing. To Utah the way that they did, I thought was kind of the biggest surprise. But nah, man, it's it's got to be the Texas State Bobcats going up and beating Baylor, man. To me, that's just that's crazy. That's just absolutely nuts. Yeah, definitely didn't see it coming. It's the first Power Five win ever, and yeah, like a couple of teams, like all three of those teams, TCU, Tech, and um, Baylor, Texas faces this year, and. Before the season, all three of those games were pretty scary games, in my opinion. <laughs> like, oh, you know, you said it earlier in the show, Texas gets everybody's best shot. And all those teams, knowing that Texas, this might probably be the last time you play them in a very long time with the Horns moving to the SEC, they're going to give them their best shot. But, hey, do they have the weapons to do that? And these losses shows that, man, the Big 12 might not be as good as a lot of people thought it was going to be. But, yeah, that's Baylor, Dave Aranda, go back to the drawing board. Joey McGuire, Texas Tech, <laughs> back to the drawing board. Like, TCU, Sonny Dykes, back to the drawing board. And then you got figure teams, it out. Yeah, then on the other side, you got teams like Oklahoma, who they look pissed off. 70 ball, like Bro. Dylan Gabriel. And, hey. and they blanked them. And they blanked them, man. Yo, they had the uh, coach crying. Was that Arkansas State? Yeah, they did, dude. He, he was go, crying oh, he on the sideline. I'm just stuck mine in. I'm just stuck mine in. You didn't tuck his in, in, bro. Yeah, that's a bad luck. When you have your when you have your players trying to like get you up and like you know get your spirits up. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. Look, man, you're at a school that's not Oklahoma. As much as we don't like Oklahoma around here, they've won a lot in the past. I get it. Lincoln ain't there no more. But bruh. 
And I guess, you know, the, the speech, the motivational speech, you must have put everything into it before the game. Like, that's what I saw. That deflation, like, that's like I put everything into this motivation speech. I've been working on it for months, for months to get these guys hyped. He was probably quoting Lombardi. He was probably quoting John Wooden. Oh. All of them. He's quoting the greatest of all time. The guys are hitting their heads on the locker like they're getting hyped. And then to just get blown oh. out by 70, yo, you and I will never experience that pain. That pain has to cut deep. It's going to be very good humiliation. Humiliation. Yeah. Like the last thing I want is, my, is one of my – my players that I'm supposed to be coaching up, getting him doing, man, I've completely failed you. Like all I can think about is Augie at that time. Just going and, and he was using, I completely failed you as motivation. No, this was sincerity. Gentlemen, tough. I have completely failed you. This is tough. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's labor day and a lot of people are off today. You might as well give the team off today. Let them be off. Let them, like, get some homework done and get caught up in their classes, and we'll come back on Tuesday and prepare for whoever the hell they got to play in week two because, man, I've seen some down bad coaches. I don't think I've ever seen that was a coach tough. that hurt. That was tough. That was watch. tough. But then on the flip side, you have people like Mac Brown getting his 100th win at, at his second program. So North Carolina taking care of business is the 21st team in the nation right now. Uh you know, taking down Spencer Rattler and crew, the South Carolina Gamecocks, 31 to 17. That was one game that I enjoyed watching because I got a lot of fans and a lot of friends from back east that are Carolina fans as well. And it's cool to see Mac Brown go like growing up as a Maryland Terrapin fan and an ACC fan. Like I remember Mac Brown in the ACC as a, as a, as a North Carolina Tar Heel before he went to Texas. So it, it's, I don't know, it's just for some reason, it's cool to see people come full circle, man, and be able to get 100 wins at Texas and North Carolina. That's, yeah, that's goat, bro. That's goat. Yeah, he's definitely one of a kind, and the only coach in football history to have over a hundred wins at two different programs, Texas and North Carolina. And for somebody that's max age, it's so hard right. for other coaches to adapt to these new age kids and the game changing. And even though North Carolina is a basketball school and I think it's the perfect situation for somebody like Mac that had all the success that he did if he wanted to coach again to come back to because he knows that area and they embrace him with open arms like that dude that dude's done it as good as anybody and talk about it too right like you hear Rod talk about how much the players just adore him like yeah like even on Max like even in his, his latter years, man, it was it was just the way that Mac would talk to you, and and yeah. and how relatable that he actually was, like the ultimate empathizer. And how can right. you not want to be around that? But yeah, sorry, go to to your point. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. You're right. Like his connection with the players is huge to this day. That's like a part of him adapting to because the players have changed since sure. you know Roy Williams and you know guys like. You know, Quinn Jammer and Rick, Jess, yeah, no, like Sims, sure. like all those studs and Michael Griffith and Michael Huff, like those guys, there's not many of those guys around anymore. So to accept just this new age of 
teenager and young man and understanding that like man things have changed technology has changed evolution like things keep happening and stuff like but some of these old coaches they don't like that change they want to you know still do oklahoma drill stuff all the time like hey coach it's friday we play tomorrow yeah we play tomorrow we're i don't think oklahoma drill makes sense like that, that's oh, sure. I gotta see how tenacious you yeah. guys are. Yeah, Junction Road, Bear Bryant, like those days are over with. So, Mac Brown doing what he does, and yeah, they made South Carolina, which Spencer Rattler, he didn't look too good. Like, they really caused problems for him. And Drake Bay, you know, you, you being a big NFL guy, like that dude, he has all the tools to be an oh, yeah. NFL quarterback. Like, that dude, he could definitely rip it. And definitely his decision-making is top tier. And he made some pretty elite throws on Saturday. But, yeah, yeah, shout out to Mac, man. It was a good week of – college football and yeah another good week is coming game day is going to be in tuscaloosa we got a couple of our guys texas sports unfiltered gonna be making the flight like chip brown and trey elling so it'll be fun to have those Trey's guys going come back. oh man trey you gotta talk to him about his schedule his schedule's nuts He's going to be flying to, like, Nashville. He's going to have to drive and stuff. And he's, he's going to Nashville, like, to This motherfucker. I... <laughs> Hold Yo, on. This dude. Yeah, how do you get yeah. on this tra- How do you get on this flight? Like, how do you get on this little schedule? I don't know. I don't know. You know, Trey, you know the one that thing, dude. So, the one disappointment thing that I, I did see with the schedule, right, is when I saw Wyoming call, like, I, I, I guess for some reason I had, like, the Mandela, the, the Mandela um, effect to where – I thought I saw us going up to Wyoming and it didn't really pop until about two months ago to where, Oh, Wyoming's here. Oh, you know, I was trying to make plans to go up North. You know what I mean? I want to go. You wanted to go to that game. I want to go see that Dutton Ranch. I want to go see Dutton Ranch today. I mean, I get it. It's a terrific show. Um, no, I mean, I just wanted to go see, get out of this hot weather, to be honest with you, but because like Wyoming is right above Colorado. Is it not? Yeah, um, right above college. If I'm school. doing my geology, if I'm going back to my fourth grade geology class here, yeah, yeah man. Wyoming's right. We don't leave Texas. That's when I shut it off. That's when I shut it off. When we had to go to world history and, you know, we were talking about the states and stuff. I was like, look, this math, this science is already just too much for my brain. I need something where I need to relax. So all throughout school, those classes, which were usually taught by a coach or something, so he was yeah. already just BS and I checked out. So I have no idea if it's above or below, which is a damn shame. My parents, if they listening right now, they probably shaking their head. Hey, mom and dad, I got my college <laughs> degree. You can't hate on me too much. I'm doing pretty good. I'm married, beautiful wife. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I, I think you're all right. Those history classes too much. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask if this state is above this state. But yeah, it is. Man. It is. It is. Okay. I, just wanted, I wanted yeah. to make you look good, and you did. You looked fantastic, by the way. You looked fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah, I would like that. to check out. I would like to see what's up with Wyoming and the fly fishing and all that stuff. Get on out. Okay. There. Yeah. I might not come back. I mean, I'm probably gonna die. I'll just, somebody will probably kill. I'll be getting eaten by a bear or something out there. I don't know. You hear all kinds of stories and all kinds of weird shit. Well, about- you don't go up to them. Like, well, like I want to figure it out. Dude. I want to. I want to connect. You know how I am with nature. I want to connect. Hey, man, you want to walk into the cloud, Smokey? Do you want to <laughs> take some of that Aaron Rodgers drugs? That because you know, that's what he does. <laughs> that. 
peyote. Oh, <laughs> I don't think it was ayahuasca. That's it. Ayahuasca. It was ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. Man, I've heard some stories about that. Somebody blood. told me, like, hey, man, if you take ayahuasca, you might want to eat light and maybe, like maybe do a soup. If that's what you're telling me before I even do that, I'm going to stay away from it. You're telling me I, I, I want to eat light because I'm going to blow my fucking pants out? Are you telling me this for real? Come on, dude. I ain't taking that drug. It's, oh, it sounds like a great time. See, one thing I did pay attention to in school was the Dare Crew. The, drugs, the Dare Crew. Shout the out Dare to the Dare Crew. crew for Shout sure. out to the Dare Shout Crew. The they've, Dare saved, crew. They've, saved, they've saved a lot of lives, I bet. Saved a lot of lives. It didn't help people like Bobby and Whitney, but they saved <laughs> a lot of lives. And yeah, I no nah, man, all that stuff that Aaron Rodgers be taking and stuff. If it's not if it's not gonna help me throw better like him, then I don't want to do right. it. I don't want to do Where, it. Have you been watching Hard Knocks? Hell yeah, I've been watching Hard Knocks. Where are you, where are you at on the Jets right now, man? Are, are you are you um, are they contenders or are they pretenders? Their schedule's hard as hell. It's tough. It's a tough schedule. I want to say it's like top five in the league, hardest schedules based on last year's percentage. And I love their offense. I think they have a plethora of receivers, starting with Garrett Wilson. I like Hardman, Lazard, you know, bringing Randall Cobb back. If he's your fourth guy, then you're doing pretty good. Like they have a lot of good wide receivers. Can Brees Hall come back? and look 100%, where's Dalvin Cook fit in there? And then Aaron Rodgers, Kelly build chemistry with all those guys that I just named. Like, that's how long is it going to take him to do that? You know, we saw him against the Giants in the preseason. They look pretty good, but, you know, how long is it going to take for him to figure out the chemistry and trust guys? Like, Aaron Rodgers, he's huge on trust. Sure, he ain't throwing it to you if you don't trust you. He show ain't. Like, there's no, like, a hey, 50-50, like, hey, throw it to right. me, a 50-50, I got him. Like, nah, bro, if you don't understand your assignment and if you're not in the right spot when I throw it, you ain't going ha- to mess up my interception percentage. I got one of the best inter- interception percentages in NFL history. You ain't going to muck that up for me. Right. So Aaron Rodgers would rather throw it out of bounds, throw the ball down, run for yardage, than throw it to somebody and chance anything. And when will he have complete faith and all of those weapons that I just named to really rip it and have that Robert Sala team really go. I, I, I think for me, they're contenders. And I, I don't think that it's just the addition of, of Aaron Rodgers because uh, again, I mean, he's, yeah, he's two years removed from MVP playing uh, a MVP playing mentality in, in the NFL he's still good for three games like he gives the I I believe you add him to the Jets roster and he you get three games out of him now it's what you just talked about it's the schedule the strength of schedule that the Jets have luckily they get to go they get probably you could argue they're the two best young talents in the NFL being Sauce Gardner and Garrett Williams and they get to square off against each other every week and make each other better and obviously that's going to elevate the team right we knew that the jets defense was nasty on paper and they all all in all they look fantastic they look like a super bowl bound team on paper but can they put it all together can they get that chemistry can they get that trust like you were just talking about built up with a garrett wilson and aaron Rodgers? and if you're watching hard knocks it looks like it's going to happen now of course hard knocks is only going to show you the plays that they want to show you you know what i mean they're going to show you all, all the all, all, all the the fun fanfare and and you know the, 
the sun's just shining great here at New York. Wait till it starts to turn a little bit dark and deeper days and, uh, and nastier days in New York. And then we'll see how Aaron Rodgers responds to the New York media then. If he's going to be the nice, cool, calm, relaxed dude, or if he's going to be the guy that's just fucking crazy on ayahuasca. Well, then, then we'll see. So, <laughs> I mean, man, it, it really, Yo, it, it really does. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I, you know, he there, and especially uh, like Robert Sala, dude. How do you not like? I'd run through a wall for Robert Sala. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, that's one thing that I love about Hard Knocks. It takes you and all the, you know. NFL film stuff that we've seen as of late from quarterback on Netflix to, you know, in season hard knocks to preseason hard knocks. Like it definitely takes you inside look of guys that you didn't really respect as much. And now you have a lot of respect for, and Salah's definitely one of them. And yeah, like I hope that ayahuasca plug in New York is close because when things get dark, you might be hitting that guy up a lot if you're Aaron Rodgers for a little stretch reliever. I don't know what I want to do. Yo, how long can you get to Jersey? You know what I'm saying? Make sure no one sees you either, because the paparazzi is <laughs> crazy out there. Make sure no one sees the guy has, like, a hoodie on. Yeah, man, like bringing in a brown paper bag and stuff, just because it looked more obvious showing up to Aaron Rodgers' doorstep. But, yeah, you're right, Wags. Like, look at the schedule. The first four games, they could easily go 0-4. you got the Bills week one, Monday night football. you got the Cowboys week two. you got the Patriots week three, which a lot of people will probably pick New York, but it's still a Bill Belichick coach team. And then you got the Kansas City Chiefs week four. That team could easily go 0-4 just because the National Football League and – Aaron Rodgers might not have the chemistry of everybody just yet. Like, I get it. He's one of the greatest of all time, four-time MVP, Super Bowl champion. Like, if you think about somebody throwing the football, Aaron Rodgers should be one of the first ones coming to mind. That dude has just a pretty release. But, like, chemistry is real in the NFL. Or week two? Yeah. You got the Bills, then you got to recover to the Cowboys? All four of those teams are bringing back their starting quarterback. Like, they're coming into another year more mature and more comfortable. Now, Dallas, we'll see with Mike McCarthy what kind of problems they have. You know, Mike McCarthy now calling plays. Dak and Big Mike both talk that they're on the same page, but we only know that until we actually see them play games. But, yeah, like the Buffalo Bills – why wouldn't they be picked to win the AFC East? They've been winning it for the last few years. Josh Allen, top five quarterback in the league, like – I could easily see them losing that game. And then, yeah, you just mentioned the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl champs. Like, that guy, yo, it could get real dark and all that talent that you have. I love Garrett Wilson, like Travis alum. I know people on this uh, on our comment section talk about he's not truly an Austin Knight. That dude went to high school in Austin. He's an Austin Knight. I get it. He came from Ohio. He reps Austin. I right. get it. He just didn't go to UT, so we're a little butthurt, and he talked real bad about Tom. And that's Herman really what it is. Guys. We wanted him to go to UT. That's all it is. Yeah. He was going to Ohio State no matter what. We had no chance. Zero. So guys like him, I love CJ Mosley, the linebacker. Oh, I love that dude. I love and that Quentin dude. Quentin Williams as well, dude. Dog. Q, Q Williams gets nasty up Yo, front, too. Their defense is as good as anybody in the league. So yeah, they have a talent. They can easily go 4-0 and easily be 0-4. Like, that's just the NFL. That's just the way yeah. the ball bounces. But, yeah, they're definitely going to be a fun watch. Like, I'll be tuned like you in could to argue every first game they got. Break. 
their first break might be the Broncos. You know what I mean? In week five. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. It's tough. That's it's tough. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You are a Giants fan, which I still can't believe, but whatever. It was out of ignorance. I thought they were the how, Colts. How'd that happen again? Okay. So 19, I was born in 1981, right? 42. 1983, the Colts leave town, right? And they go to Indianapolis. Well, we kept, you know, Colts memorabilia all around the house. And, you know, I live with my grandparents and whatnot. And so they ain't taking anything down. You know, they're setting their ways. It's just not happening. And regional coverage, we only got three channels back then. For some reason, like you got you got two games and you didn't know which channel they were going to be on. There was only three channels. And for some reason, they picked up the uh, the national cover or regional coverage of the, the New York Giants instead of like Philadelphia or, or a closer team of some sort. So you had the the you know the Washington football or the Washington commanders. You had them playing, you know, on one channel. And then you also had the New York Giants. So I thought they were the Colts the entire time. You know, right. I mean, I'm. I, I'm I'm two and three years old. I think they're the blue team. You know what I mean? And so I'm watching the Giants, you know, while I'm playing Pop Warner football and whatnot. And then my dad's just like, hey, you play linebacker. You should watch this guy. Ended up being Lawrence Taylor. So I watched Lawrence Taylor for a, a few years, started falling in love with the Giants. And then how can you how can you say no to the big tuna sweaters? I started seeing the big tuna come out there and there's popping 1988 and 1990 so, so we we fell in love with big parcels in the tuna man and also like i played oh, man in my first years of football i played a lot on the defensive side just because i had a a, a nose for the ball just a natural nose yeah, for the ball you're an animal yeah you're an animal yeah you're ferocious dude so yeah. I didn't play much. I didn't play much offense, and I really fell in love with what I thought was the Colts' defense. So I was running around, you know, saying I was a Colts fan. And, yeah, right. We won. You know, we won last week or whatnot. And if you think about it, man, people are people were so kind to me to sit there and tell me that the Baltimore Colts were still in town, but they were also wow. doing me a disservice, bro. Like I thought for sure, and it didn't come, you know, till I was like. I didn't have the epiphany, you know, until probably like seven or eight that the the New York Giants was the team that I was rooting for. And, uh, you know, then my dad actually put it all together or my coach was the one that put it all together. And he's like, dude, you're not rooting for the Colts. You're rooting for the Giants. If you're watching Lawrence Taylor, you're watching the Giants, man. So, yeah, that's kind of how it came, uh, came to fruition. And that's how uh, that's how this Giants fan. And again, like when the Colts or excuse me, when the giants and the Ravens played in the super bowl the year before I was just like, all right, after this year, I'm going back to Baltimore football. I'll actually be a Baltimore Ravens fan. And then how was I to know that the giants and the Ravens were going to play each other in the super bowl and that the giants were going to get stomped by the Ravens. So you can't bail after that, or you're the Homer, you know what I mean? Or you're the dude that just got off the bandwagon, dude. So I've been stuck a giants fan ever since. And then I said, I was going to stop once Eli left. I'm just I'm I, maybe I'm a masochist. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Man. Yeah, I would get stop it while Eli left, but so even though as a Baltimore native, you never I, jump I, I, on I the Ray the Lewis. Okay. I root for the Ravens. I do, but I mean, I just I can't I can't be the dude to say, "Yo, Raven, go Ravens and drop the Giants," <laughs> especially after that Super Bowl, man. Like that would I just can't. You know, I'm a loyal dude, bro. Like I can't, man. That I gotta Super Bowl die. Was brutal. That Super Bowl <laughs> was brutal for your Giants. 
That was yeah. tough. You saw that 30 Dude, for 30. It was I, rough. I remember going to my room at halftime and being like, I hate this sport. I can't stand it. I can't stand the ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this year, the Giants, they shocked a lot of people last year beating the Minnesota Vikings, which Minnesota seemed like they were a little overrated with all the comeback wins, and a lot of people don't trust Kirk Cousins. But Brian Dayball, he looks like he kind of turned the ship around, and he brings kind of a hard-nosed mentality in to New York, which I know those people who are Giants fans, they embrace that because he'll get in your ass. Like, he'll – he ain't afraid to get in your face when the camera's on. Like, that dude – eat sleeps and craps football he's for real he kind of has an old school tuna in him a little bit he talking yeah. about big tuna he kind of has that vibe at times and i think him coming from buffalo being around josh allen that definitely helped daniel jones this past season which a lot of people wrote off the duke alum like yo this dude he ain't that top 10 pick like he was but brian dayball at times, made him look like that guy that was taken very high in the draft, along with Saquon Barkley. They got Hyatt from um, Tennessee, the uh, Volunteers. That dude's rocking an Odell Beckham jersey now, which I'm like, yo, very disrespectful. <laughs> but, oh, hey, Odell, his, hurt, his jersey ain't retired, so – Hey, I free ring, man. I guess it's paying homage in a way, but the defensive line's good. I just – there's so much talent in the NFC. It's kind of like they could get left behind. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that you really spoke about just the tenacity that Dable brings. Right. Because if you remember, like he kind of created the pedigree that the Buffalo bills have now, and just that ferociousness, that, that vibe, that, that offensive line is just going to go out and win and dominate the damn trenches, like kind of what we wanted Texas to, to kind of do, right, that we were talking about earlier. Um, and he brings that tenacity over to the Giants. Now, here's the thing. Like, you, you you made a great comparison to Danny Dimes and Josh Allen. I just think that Daniel Jones is a Josh Allen beta. I don't think he's the type of quarterback that Josh Allen is just yet. Sure, he can make some long throws, but he's still inconsistent. Like, the guy trips over his own feet at times. And, you know, if you're a Giants fan, that's <laughs> one of the most frustrating. It is. It's one of the most frustrating things to watch. Like you got in, in the fact, and I'm not trying to bring money into this or, or whatnot, but or the front office of the Giants, but the fact that I think you paid the wrong guy. Like, I, and I know it's a quarterback driven league and you don't want to give that much money to running backs, but you set Saquon Barkley up for a, a basically reward success incentivized season after he's already proven to you that he was the catalyst of this offense that made it go. Now, I think you can insert T-Mobile into that offense and still have decent production that you would get out of Daniel Jones, just maybe not as much, um, because I I do think Daniel Jones throws the ball a lot better than T-Mobile. But again, a lot of the success from the Giants was based off of the running capabilities of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. You can't rely on... Are we calling Tyrod Taylor T-Mobile? I, that's what I always called him, T-Mobile, you're bro. Wildin', you're wildin'. Ain't he no way. He used to be hell, T-Mobile, bro. Oh, hell when he was, no. When he was with that the dude don't deserve no nickname. T-Mobile, man. Ain't you no way, Tyrod Taylor. T-Mobile? I don't think, I mean, again, 
all of you make the NFL. If you if you make the NFL, you're an elite athlete. You get 100. your praise. You should. You deserve your flowers. You're an elite athlete. Like not too we're, many play we're professional gonna football. T-Mobile. We're going to say that he's T-Mobile. That's <laughs> wild. I don't think he deserves that though. That's where I'm getting to. I don't think Tyrod Taylor deserves a dope ass nickname like that. But Good that's, grief. That's what I've been calling him for a while. That's what he's known in the fantasy industry. So wow. Uh, that, that's what I've been. Do we want to give been. Kellen Mond the nickname too? Huh? No, not yet. Th- does not Ryan yet. Leaf have a nickname? Yeah, like, the uh, good the Ryan Leaf was the chosen one. <laughs> no, not LeBron, it's, huh? it's funny you mentioned it, right? Because the you know, you mentioned that you know the new talent and the, the upcoming talent in the wide receiver room with Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. The Giants needed this, man. Like the Giants' best wide receiver last year came from the practice squad, and that's been the trend for the past decade is the Giants' receivers' rooms promoting up from the practice squad, which, great, promote from within, but you still got to go out and get a you know a young stud to be able to handle your quarterback dropping dimes if you want to call Danny Dimes the dime dropper. But you mentioned it, it's a tough schedule that the Giants have. They kind of squeaked into the playoffs and you know beat up on a, a – you know, a watered down Minnesota Viking team going, you know, into the, the wild card portion of it. I didn't think that either team deserved to be in the, you know, the playoffs. I thought the NFC was a little bit watered down. A lot more parity this this year in the NFC. But, dude, you got to get I, – I, I got the Giants at the bottom of the division. I still – I mean, I'm sorry. I got the, the Giants, Commanders, uh, Dallas, and then the Eagles, bro. Like, I got the you Giants. You got the Commanders back. above them? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you he, think I Sam Howe is gonna get it? I, I think Sam Howe can can lead the Commanders better than the Giants. I do. I I really do. Well, that wide receiving room for the Commanders is way better it, than what yeah, y'all it's got nasty. over there in New York. It's nasty. And look, and Lauren I, and Dotson. Like I'm I'm kind of big on Sam Howe, man. I think Sam Howe can make the throws. Now, look, he hadn't been in the league that long, and we'll see what he can do with the Commanders or in the Commanders uh, organization. But again, you saw what he was able to do in college. He can make all the throws. Is he better than Daniel Dimes? Not just yet, but I think he's got a lot more potential than Daniel Dimes. We're talking about a Duke quarterback here. Yeah, uh, sorry, I, I had to say it. I had to. Yeah, had to. there's that. That's your Maryland yeah, coming into play. That's that Maryland, it. which I, he I gave me the that perfect opportunity. So Maybe we only had 15 yeah, minutes I, left. I had to do it. I set you up. You caught the lob. You dunked it, Juan Dixon style. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I'm just that Wilcox, rivalry too, Lonnie man. Baxter, pound that shit. Yeah, man, Steve Blake and stuff. You know, I, I, that team was cold. Glory days, glory days. That team was cold, but yeah, I mean, I, if I'm thinking about the NFC East, which I, I'll give you that in a second, but I see that AV consultation set up back there. That is great. A, tell the people about AV Consultation a little bit, Wax. Yeah, man. So for over 35 years now, Tom K and the boys at at AV Consultations, audiovisual consultations, have been setting the standard in AV automation. Now, in the Central Texas area or all around, you got to call them up, 512-255-8678. You can get something back there like this with two flat-screen TVs and maybe like a little bit of your arcade system back there. They do that, too. Or you can get the Dream system that I got downstairs with the mantle wall mount that pulls over my fireplace and stuff. Perfect for fall weather season and football season as well. And, it, you know, if you're not in the football mood, you can put something on for your wife or whatever. Maybe like um, we, we like to do uh, – 
you know, housewives of any given city in the world is what I like to call it because we watch all, all over the place. And also below deck, you want things to get a little bit steamy below decks got you sizzling man but anyways you always do it with tom mckay and audiovisual consultations 512-255-8678 or avconsultations.com yo man your wife makes you watch trash tv too it's not trash tv I man i used to it call it trash, trash TV, tv but now i'm hooked bro have you seen below I mean, deck? i've heard about it yo i'm below i've heard deck. about it when my That's wife looked over me and she goes, you could be so successful on Below Deck. I was like, girl, what are you talking about? You want me to go on a boat? Want, first off, I'm 42. Like maybe back in my 20-year-old days, man, when I could have been an awesome pirate as well. I would have been the best pirate in the world, by the way. Back in the days of like. Thief? Isn't that what a pirate is? Just a thief? Yeah. One, well, that has a, a patch survivor. on its eye and wears a like. Survivor. It's a, it's a, a cool raider fit. and a survivor. Well, yeah, yeah I, guess you, I guess it's a thief. Yeah, a pirate's my, just a criminal on water. My a criminal on a boat. My capability to scrounge and and survive the the waters of the world here is what we're talking about. Okay. Me and Kevin Costner in Water World. Was he a pirate? That's no, a that's a very is. white way to look at it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We, we'll call it it's a very British way to look at it. We'll say British. It's a very yeah. British way to look at it. Because that's what the British really did. I mean, hell, they yeah. did that to, to South Africa too, man. Yeah. Hey, we're good you know what they call you know what they call black pirates? Criminals. That's what they call black pirates. <laughs> Criminals. That's why you ain't never seen one. You ain't never seen. I ain't never seen a black pirate, man. Pirates of the Caribbean did not have Will Smith in it. It was Johnny Depp. No way. No Ethan way. Homeboy that took over the homeboy that took over Tom Hanks's boat was black. I'm the captain now. Tom Hanks. I'm oh, the captain that now. Dude. I'm the that captain dude. now. Uh, I'm the captain no, now. I don't know. If... <laughs> he was the pirate. I don't know. He, he commandeered a vessel. I think he was on the boat for a different reason. But you know. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, we're out of control. But yeah, I, I need to check out Below Deck, man. My wife and I we're on Sister Watch right now. Okay. Now Love I haven't that ventured show. that far into it just yet. That dude's a player, dog. He's got four wives. He's trying to juggle them. He's struggling. I'm not gonna lie. He's struggling. I don't. I don't think it could be done. But yo, they be kicking it and stuff. Like it, it's some serious player stuff. But then he's stressed out because they all got their own personalities and shit. And they all be telling them this and that. Yeah, and they'll have to like drive from crib to crib. No. Homie stressed out. It's not. No. It may be not as play as you think it is. But we all like. At, uh, season 14 and he's starting to lose them all it's great tv trash tv with the wife talk about bonding you know <laughs> uh, that's some serious bonding you know watching below deck and stuff me and sister wives that's some serious high quality time with your significant other and lady i recommend it for all y'all out there like hey it, i ain't too proud wags no, I, got I ain't you. too I got proud you. I ain't I too proud. You, I married my woman for a reason. If we need to watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette or something, I'll do that because during this time of the year, if I'm not watching football, that's right. That's right. Then like, yo, I'm locked in somehow. My fantasy football team, which I just drafted and need you to check out in a little bit. What, and so what position did you draft? Like where were you at? Like in in your number draft one pick. You number had the number one pick. Had number one pick. Number one pick. PPR league. Our league's a little bit different. The defense means a lot in the league. Um, okay. 
Because everybody asks me, like, that's time. usually like the number one question I get. Like, what, who should I draft first? And my always question, you know, the question I, I, I ask back is, well, it depends on your league settings. And people are just like, really? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, man, it really does come. It always comes down to your scoring settings. Like, if you got a, like you said, a, a full PBR, but you do a lot of stress on the defense, then is it IDP, independent defensive? Wow. No, I don't even know. You now you over my head. You get a little too technical for your boy. It's probably just it's probably just team defense or whatnot. But yeah, if you if you do a lot more focus on defense, then you're gonna value a defense earlier than you would like say in the 16th round when you pick a kicker. You know what I mean? So right, people always right. ask you that. Yeah, stuff. man. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little stressed over it. You know, it's good, but it's not. Who, you know, it's not. With, who'd you roll with? Got, pick one. Justin Jefferson. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, JJ, yeah. and rightfully so. Like, JJ's going to put up the points. But a lot of people are seeing CMC, too. So, See, that's what I'm saying. But I've had CMC in the past. They be missing games. That he was breaks. the Carolina days. And now he, he got Kyle He'll Shanahan. Break. He does. But all them weapons. Like, somebody ain't going to get touched the ball. Right. You know, you got George Kittle, you got Debo, you know, Brandon Ayuk's nice too. Like, he gets no love. He needs to get more love. That dude is nice. And, you know, CMC, I know he's good, but I was just a little nervous about his health and sure. all the weapons that San Fran has. Like, some days he ain't going to eat like he's capable of. But, yeah, the running back position, I end up with Joe Mixon's wife beating ass. Um, Damian Pierce. That's still good. I mean, considering you're not getting a pick until 24 spots later after the first, or 23 spots later after the first pick, so you got to you got to deal with a lot of scarcity in the running back position. There, so yeah. I think you handled it well, man. And Damian Pierce is a, now he's not going to go down as an actual tier one, but he's an RB one. You know, what I mean, he might be a tier two running back or a tier three running back, but he's still RB one, yeah. man. And especially when you got Stroud as a quarterback, you're a CJ Stroud as your rookie quarterback. You're going to be leaning a lot more on Damian Pierce coming out of the backfield. I think than the arm of a rookie quarterback. That's just me, man. Yeah, I agree. Damian Pierce, he showed that he definitely belongs in the league last year's rookie season. And, you know, if he didn't get hurt, then I thought he would have been battling Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave for a rookie of the year, along with, uh, you know, guys like Kenneth Walker uh, the third and uh, Brees Hall, you know, yeah, if he didn't get hurt too. Yeah, Brees Hall getting hurt too. Like, Brees Hall was in contention for rookie of the year competing against Garrett Wilson. Like, that's why I'm so big on the Jets, man. I think they just got so much young talent. And if it can be orchestrated by a vet like Aaron Rodgers, holy horse hell, man. This is going to be one hell of a team. But it's like you mentioned, dude, this, I'm look, I'm still looking at the Jets schedule here. It's daunting, man. Your first break is in week five, and it's the Broncos, and you still don't know how the hell that's going to go with the Sean Broncos. I don't think that's a break either because Patrick Sestan the second, dog. Yeah, dude. They got some dudes over there in Denver, and, you know, now you got a high-ass Sean Payton like you see in the world differently. You saw him rip the bong in that video when he was with the frat boys, the frat kids. (laughs) Go look it up. Go look it up. When we end this show, which I'm, we got Jeff Howe, Kevin Dunn, or Trey Ellie coming up next. Keep it locked on sports, uh, Texas sports on. On Twitter, whatever. Go on uh, YouTube, whatever. And type in Sean Payton, ball rip. 
This dude is definitely oh, I'm doing it right now. Taking all of Colorado in. Like he got to Colorado and he went a thousand miles running. It's a weird video because he looks like he's at a frat, like at a frat house with some teenagers. Very odd video, but he rips that thing. And Where the like, hell did he find these? I mean, it's Colorado. It dude. looks like you said, yeah, it's Colorado. I'm like, these guys are walking down. The it's street, the first thing that but... popped up. You, you type Sean Payton in and it fits for you. Yeah. Oh crap! Yeah. I'm, I'm playing that through the. I can't watch that just yet. I'm sorry. I'm playing it through the. Uh, yeah. I think I'm playing it through the speakers here, but I didn't want it to come over. But yeah, I'll watch it as soon oh, as we get out fine. there. Yeah, so he's looking at the world differently. Bags, which you don't see the world the right way until you, uh, you go through the Colorado ball and hits, right? Yeah, exactly. Like so. puffing the magic dragon, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Sometimes you just need that to suit you out, just like Aaron Rodgers and uh, uh, the ayahuasca. Like, yeah, everybody I'm has to myself you know, out in the tent and, and crap my pants. You know, that's all it sounds like a great time. By the way, speaking of fantasy leagues, how many are you in this year? Only six. I had to drop. Wow. Down. Only six. That's big of but you. I'm in Only three six. Dynasty leagues, dude. So that's what that's why I dropped down to six, man. Because the dynasty, man, that's. That's forever. That's ongoing league stuff. You know what I mean? So you got to constantly be entrenched and know what the hell's going on. Find out which players are going where. The Dal- the whole Dalvin Cook dilemma really threw us off for a pickle here. Like if he was going to end up in Miami or if he was going to end up a Jet. And now, I mean, I mean, you still as a Jet, I don't think he's going to get the touches that he would have gotten down in Miami. I thought he was going to have a lot better of a season for uh, for the Dolphins, but. Now people that went and bid on him a little bit and took trades for Dalvin Cook, now they're they're kind of like biting themselves in the ass a little bit here because they might get a little. It's, it's like you kind of how you expressed with the uh, with the whole San Francisco situation here. Like how many people are going to get touches? You know, there's not enough touches for everybody. That's kind of how yeah. I feel like the Jets, the Jets backfield kind of is just because of Brees Hall like we still don't know if you're going to see the Brees Hall return to form that we saw in his rookie season and, and the Jets don't either and that's why they made the move to get Dalvin Cook but that being said you still got Michael Carter too right you got to split the backfield there so you're going to get touches on third downs as well for Michael Carter and just how much is going to get taken away from Dalvin Cook and for that matter I just thought he would have been a lot better on the the Miami uh, Dolphins yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to go to Miami, too, him being a Florida boy. It just seems like that made the most sense, but it didn't work out that way, and the Jets definitely benefited from that. And, yeah, I'm with you on Brees Hall, too. How is he going to be coming back from an ACL injury? I mean, they say he's going to play on Monday against the Bills, but we'll is he going to he be, yeah, be on a rep prescription, uh, you know? And again, like, going back to hard knocks, from what we've seen in hard knocks, he looked, it looks like he's got a healthy knee yeah. repaired. So we'll see about right. that. But yeah, only, only six leagues this year. And I feel good about it too, man. I feel, That's... I feel like I actually can take a breath, you know what I mean? And actually, I can enjoy football because when you get too immersed in fantasy, man, you really like you kind of watch the games in a different way. You're not watching for outcome, you're just looking for, for stat success you're... at that time. Right. You know? Right. So. Right. And it's fun really? to do both, but sure. I can see it being overwhelming when you're in the sure. teens and leagues and stuff. Like, good grief. I don't even know how you could keep up with that. But, yeah, man, I appreciate you today, man. It's been a blast. Uh, Chip, 
hey, they must got him doing some grimy, just well behind the scenes work that some of us won't even know about down there on campus because it is Alabama week. We talked a lot of Texas football early on and talked about this offensive line scaring us, but this defense showed a lot and this defense can win a lot of games for this Texas Longhorn football team this year. Obviously, the offense needs to clean up a lot, but Chip will be back tomorrow. Check out all the shows, Bucky and BK from 8 to 10, Chaos Theory with Adam Wagner and Rodney Rodriguez. Then from 11 to 12, Hang It With Harge. Then BK and Trey from 12 to 1, Chip and Zay. Y'all know, obviously, from 1 to 3, and we got Jeff Howe making his debut coming up from three to five with, oh, yeah, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel and who we got coming up here. Is your screen black wags? Because my screen's black. Trey. I can't hear him. I can see him. What's he looks up, great. Guys? There you go. What up, Trey? Unmute me. Before I start talking, that is a consistent problem for me, and I need to get a handle on that. Today is a fun show with, as you just mentioned, Jeff Howe and me going from three to five. We will certainly talk a lot of Texas Longhorns football, not just the win over Rice, the good, the bad, the in-between, what Steve Sarkeesian had to say, and some injury updates from the Alabama side as well. And that's secondary. And that could end up being a big thing if one, if not both of those guys that were starters for Bama last week end up having to miss this weekend's game considering the weapons that the Longhorns have on the outside. Love it. It sounds all deadly, man. I'd really love to hear what you and Jeff got to talk about with the uh, offensive line breakdown as well. Uh, Zay and I got into a little bit of it. I don't know if you guys will have time for that show, but I'm, I'm, I'm dying to hear your all's takes on that as well. Two hours. We will have time. What's your take on it, Wags? Should have been able to finish drives. Too many threes and not enough sixes, in my opinion. Um, and in terms of playing a caliber school like Rice, you're you're supposed to be one of the most talented. Or you're, you're, we're hearing nothing but, uh, you know, we got all of our returning starters back. Well, against a team like Rice, you're supposed to be finishing drives and dominating. And I didn't really see that on Saturday. I saw some good things, but I saw a lot of bad things, too. Yeah, I agree with that frustration, Wags. There were a few moments that if Jonathan Brooks catches a ball, he's walking easily into an, into the end zone. Quinn Ewers doesn't throw a ball on the right side where it's basically two routes coming together. Jatavian Sanders probably has a touchdown catch too. Those two moments right there, it makes a big difference in how things look and feel heading into the locker room at halftime. But you have to take those things into account. Texas was sloppy in a lot of different ways on offense against Rice, and so these criticisms are warranted, but more important than whatever criticisms we talk about or the fans have been griping about on Twitter for the last couple of days, it's important that this Longhorn football team understands little things that can be done just a little bit better or differently that will actually help them versus Alabama. And by the way, and BK pointed this out on the midday show today, Texas was atrocious in the third quarter last year and a performance like what we saw in the first half on Saturday could have snowballed into something much worse for Quinn Ewers individually but also the team on the whole they came out like gangbusters in the third quarter and looked on offense like we all expected them to look from moment one 
Absolutely. 21 unanswered points in the third quarter. We did not see that last year, and that was a great breath of fresh air for the 2023 season. Yeah, we're yes, pitching so- about uh, 37 to 10. Uh, right, that's, you know yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? Like, that's what's fun. Like, we're literally get to bitch about that, which that's just kind of the expectations that we have this year for the 2023 Texas Longhorns. And, hey, the way that defense looks, like, they look like they could win you some games this year, even if that offense starts slow like we saw on Saturday. This defense, they look nasty. They look ferocious. The freshmen, they look ready to play. You know, Malik Muhammad, he was making hits out there. You saw Derek Williams. You saw Anthony Hill, LaFowl, like all those guys. They look like they'll able to contribute and you're going to need all those guys because you're not going to have everybody be 100% healthy throughout the whole season so to know that you have your second and third string guys that come in you might not have that little of a drop off I think that's big for not only next week for the rest of the season in the Big 12. Completely agreed as much as we love to obsess over how good or bad an offense looks on a given week this is still a sport where defense wins games. Uh, I realize that seems counterintuitive based on the last five plus years now, but this Texas defense, you're right, Zay, is good enough to elevate the Longhorns to a victory in Tuscaloosa this next weekend. I know the line is right around seven right now for Alabama. I'm not sure which way I'm going on that one just yet probably towards the Longhorns, but that's also a biased pick. What I would hammer if I were a gambling man, if I were like BK's cousin, or, well, let's be honest, BK himself. I would be hammering the <laughs> Because I think that there are still some questions about this Texas offense. Alabama's obviously good defensively, but Alabama's strength on offense right now plays into Texas' strength on defense, and that is running the football. Jalen Milrow looked decent throwing it last weekend against a far inferior opponent. This is going to be a very different secondary that he's facing. So, you know, Nick Saban's going to try and take pressure off of that passing attack by running the football that much more. Now, look, this Texas defense needs to be very aware of those zone read keepers because they're going to face a lot of it on Saturday. I'm assuming in practice this week, too. But if they can maintain their assignments, stay home, get the right sort of pressure coming off the edge, too, on those sorts of plays then it's going to be a long night i guess uh for at least the alabama offense even if for the texas offense too depending on what those struggles look like here in a couple of days yeah if they can generate the pressure that they can get just off the base front four package or a base front three package and allow their skilled positions to kind of play back and take away the the throwing lanes i think that's going to really play into their key to success when they go into tuscaloosa um if again we didn't really get to see too many blitzes dialed up uh uh, from this Longhorn linebacking crew last or last week, this past su- Saturday, I think if they turn it out, one we talked about this a little bit in we, in hour one. I don't know if they're going to be able to spy. Like, I, I don't know if they can afford to spy because of the man to man mismatches that they'll have if they do that. So we'll see how they play that. It's like you just said. I'd rather have Milrow beat me through the air than on the ground. Yeah, you almost have to force his hand in that regard. No pun intended there. But if they do spy, it's probably going to be some combination of Jalen Ford, of course, but you don't want to limit him to just that spy spot. David Bender, maybe that's a good position for a guy who has the insane athleticism of Anthony Hill. Have him worrying less uh, about what's going on on a given run play, although you also don't necessarily want to take him 
coming off the edge either and keep him from going after the quarterback. But maybe at times you can put him in the middle there and just have him keep a close eye on what Jalen Milrow is doing. If nothing else, the true freshman from the DFW area should be able to maintain that assignment okay. Then again, easier said than done too because Milrow obviously has insane athleticism and is extremely quick too. Oh, man, that touchdown that he had where it was supposed to be a tackle for loss and he ended up scooping it up for like a 40-yard run. You can't teach shit like that. And, you know, Wags, Dave Benda, he had a blitz sack. Him and Byron Murphy, combination sack on a blitz. That was a good call by Pete Kukowski after he got beat and little just got confused by a slant route from one of the rod receivers that ended up in the big game for Rice. But, yeah, this defense, man, they showed me a lot. Where the offense, they got me a little worried, especially the offensive line. But another thing, Trey, yesterday taking pictures, Wag said this earlier on Chaos Theory. He looked fantastic. Yo, Renee Zellweger ain't got nothing on you with her squinchy-ass face. Bro, he had – Dog. He did the there he goes. He's got it. He knows he knows what he, he did. The over the shoulder look back. I mean, almost like he was trying to look down at the crack of his ass. He looked fantastic. He had people stopping, trying to gawk at him while we were trying to take pictures. Like, hello, this is our day, not your day. You're here on your free time. We're here on Steve's time. And yet they wanted to take pictures with Trey. We are get on this program, man. We are a good looking group here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, guys. That's how I'm going to respond to that. And that includes the guy who's going to be joining me most Mondays who is in the waiting room right now. It is Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7 and TSU. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out for a few extra minutes as Jeff uh, worked his way back from the 40 acres this afternoon. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. Hey, Jeff, congratulations on your Bobcats win, buddy. Yes, the fighting G.J. Kinney's, man. I, have, uh, I, haven't been, I haven't been that excited about Texas State football in about 20 years. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeff, welcome to the team, man. You guys have a great show. Take care, oh, yeah. boys. 